Hello everyone and welcome to episode 127 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke, alongside, haven't seen you in a while, hope all is well, Luke Edwards. And half your audience just turned off, good times. <laughs> Diagnosed with a small hemorrhoid, Carl Jones. Ding dong merrily on high. <laughs> and wearing a very chic hat today, Kieran O'Rourke. Thank you Liam, for those people wondering out there, I pretty much look exactly like Killian Murphy in Peaky Blinders. I knew that was what it was. Except... I don't support a Tim Pot shit-ass football team like Birmingham City. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carl. Hey, that feel ass boy. Sting much. <laughs> Fuck you and Steve Cottrell. <laughs> the, spirit <laughs> the spirit of the season, as you can tell here at SCG Radio, is flowing around the oaken table. Get on with it. <laughs> and we're, and we're, we're extending our good time and your tired cheer to you, the loyal listeners here, on a part two of two here of uh, two shows this week at SCG Radio. Uh, of course, over at squaredcirclegazette.com right now, you can listen to uh, the first show we've done this week and posted, which was Matt Holt talking to yours truly about Crazy Like a Fox, the definitive Chronicle of Brian Pillman 20 years later, so you can check that out uh, at squaredcirclegazette.com where we archive every show we've ever done. And of course, for this show, gentlemen, it's an annual tradition. We reach out to the loyal listeners and ask them what questions have been on their burning minds uh, to kind of ask us uh, about all things wrestling, past, present, future. We have a quite very uh, burning questions on their minds, hmm? not, not burning minds. I think their minds are burning. Oh, <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll kick it off with a Christmas-themed uh, overall uh, overarching one. Niall Clark uh, wrote to us and said, "If you had to choose one WWE pay-per-view to watch on Christmas Day, which one would it be? From all time, I guess." Yeah, and by the way, if you haven't figured that, by the way, we have absolutely. This is just completely. It's it's scatterboard, dart. Yeah, no no rhyme or reason. There are there are going to be beers around the oaken table, dartboard style questions today. Very much a shit at the wall and see yeah, what sticks. Yeah, yeah, um, all in the name of fun and wrestling. I suppose prevailing wisdom is always that Mania Seventeen is the best sort of top to bottom show the company's done. But if if I had to pick. One show. Ooh, I'm torn between two, but for the sake of just picking one for this question, I'll go with Royal Rumble '92. Hmm. Okay. Any, any specific reason why you chose that above? What was the What was the one you you were kind of leaning on there? The other one was Canadian Stampede. Ah, very good. But because that was a very good top to bottom show, you got four very good matches on that one. Yeah, but the uh, but I still think the '92 Rumble is. It's not the best Royal Rumble pay per view, but I still think it's the best Rumble match. And therefore, because well, and, and there's a nostalgic element. That's when what you I was going to say. You know, that's what I was going to say. Flair, when you throw the names, you're like, yeah, that's the sort of thing I could stick on and watch without waxing too lyrical about LOD versus Natural Disasters, of course, or, or Beverly's Bushwhackers, for that matter. Oh, Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be the, the, the Brussels sprouts portion of the Royal Rumble '92 pay per view. Yeah, my view is very much centred towards the Rumble match itself at this point. I think that's quite clear. Okay, Luke. <laughs> you know, I, I I'd like to catch up a little bit on this year, so I've got to turn this into a slight question for other people here. Now, I've um, I didn't catch many of the secondary pay per views of WWE this year, um, but then again, no rule out WWE pay per views. If I was going to watch a film, uh, if I was going to watch a uh, sorry a pay per view this year that really encapsulates this year that I probably haven't seen, what would you guys recommend? I know this is probably a question that's on the sheet somewhere for all I fucking know, but it would help me. No, um, it's an interesting one. I'd probably lean towards the Rumble or SummerSlam because Rumble, because SummerSlam is a real kind of all over the place, up and down, which kind of sums up WWE quite marvelously. And the Rumble was like the story of uh, potential that didn't kind of fall through. You had Stars and Cena, which is a, a 
great match and went a long, long time and was awesome. And then you had the Rumble, which was just a complete... I mean, again, I'm not saying that this is the best pay-per-view of the year. I'm just saying this is the, the one that sums up the year of the potential and then just kind of, I think, a real shitty effort, to be quite honest. <laughs> and like, a, a real disappointment of what could have been. So, uh, I, I don't know. Like that phrase can describe many, many recent years. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there came, you know, there used to be a time when WrestleMania was the easy, obvious answer for something like this, but I think that this year's Mania, it, it, because they're so damn long now, it's really hard to watch a, an entire show. I mean, this one would last most of Christmas Day, at least, so you'd have most yeah. of your, you'd have most of your activity planned for the day, but because, because it is so long, you don't really feel like it's, when you watch it back on tape, I think it's hard to watch as a show. I can only watch it; in, it's not that long in chunks. So, I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's a tough one for me. Yeah, if you're talking about something to encapsulate the whole year for you, uh, nothing because nothing matters. So they flip flop after two weeks or whatever. Anyway, so I wouldn't bother with that. Uh, try and find a good AJ and see the match. I guess I enjoyed those more than anything else this year. I think yeah. from that company, probably. So, in, in truth, actually, you know what? Survivor Series was a, a pretty fun show in the sense of Brock and AJ was oh, yeah, bloody marvelous. Yeah, if it wasn't for the fact that that main event just sucked the dog's dick. If you want something that sort of encapsulates the year, epitomises the company right now, I think Survivor Series is a pretty good example of that. Yeah. Well, there we go. Well, I'm afraid I hijacked that question, so let's finish up there. Oh, for Christmas Day viewing? Yeah. Uh, Any pay-view from any time uh, ever. You would just like to slap on for Christmas viewing. See, that's the psychology of why you're watching wrestling on Christmas Day. So it's either something you've been bought, in which case that's dictated to you, or you want to watch something (laughs) festive, so some kind of like... December to December. Yeah, something really <laughs> shit. That at least has some kind of comedy value. No one's picking in your house five. No one's picking in your house five. Um, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> may, maybe that TNA show with the fucking Chris, barbed wire Christmas tree. The barbed Christmas tree. Just because just because when, when else are you going to watch it? <laughs> so I'd probably go for that. I'll go. I'll, I'll go for uh, probably Royal Rumble two. Probably Royal Rumble two thousand. That'd be probably one of my picks. I think. I go for that. I'm going for WPV. It's a rather random show to choose from here, but again, nostalgic. Quite like, a lot of good up and down that card. So one of my favourites. Um, Nine o'clock also asks: since we're talking about Rumble's card, we are nearing Rumble season, so I have started my annual rewatches. I am curious, gentlemen, what are your three top Royal Rumble matches of all time? Personal favourites, I guess. So ninety-two, I'm guessing, is clearly on yours. N- ninety. I would be disappointed in all three of you if 92 wasn't on your list yeah, it really should yeah. be uh, I'll go 92 2001 I knew you were going to say that and ooh, I, I like the 2000 Rumble as a pay-per-view it's the Rumble not match that is big not on the Rumble much. match yeah. um, ooh, ooh, it's tough, it's tough. I'll get, really I'll, tough I'll echo your come, two uh, come back to me on that third one I'll, I'll make a contribution I'll echo the same two 2001 1992 and my third will be the 1990 Royal Rumble, which I really like because the first half of the match is loaded with just awesome guys like Savage and Piper and Dusty and DBRC, and you got like a lot of great talent early in the match. And then you get the Warrior Hogan face-off in the middle, and uh, even though it kind of uh, you know kind of tapers off a little bit towards the end when when Hogan comes in and just steamrolls everyone, but uh, you know it's it's a very fun match. It's got a really good flow to it, so uh, I'll, I'll lean towards 1990 as my third pick. Mm, yeah, 92 Defo. Uh, nothing from the last 15 years <laughs> or, maybe, frankly. or maybe one from the last 15 years so I get a summary of the last 15 years in one match mm. um, actually no I really enjoyed the 2007 one just because so the, 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 the Taker and Sean <laughs> period at the end oh, yeah. and they wrestled for like 10 minutes and just had that an awesome series of eliminations that was pretty fun that's uh, a good one yeah, that would be my one token one then I'll go 92 and then probably maybe 90 as well because yeah. I, I yeah I just 
the feel of the rumble and those the early nineties. That's, that's I, what a rumble is, goddammit. Yeah, and I'm not sure if there's any rumble moment in, in Michael Cole speak that is actually as, as great as Warrior and Hogan doing the face off for the first time and uh, and, and the kind of the implications of the tease for WrestleMania, which I really like. So yeah, I'll go for that. Yeah, well, 92, 2001, and thanks, Liam. I was going to say 2007. Uh, I was quite happy. There's like, ah, no one's brought that up. And he shoots in. That sums you up, sir. Merry Christmas. Uh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. And in his, in his final question, Niall Clark says, also on the subject, what is the best ever Rumble undercard match? Um, Benoit Angle immediately shot say, the line. He, he, he who yeah. shall not be named an Angle. Um, if not that one, possibly Benoit and Jericho's ladder match. Yeah, from 2001. It's another, another cracking match. Triple H and Cactus, I think, might be mine. But Angle and Angle and Benoit is pretty sensational. Made to look all the better by the fact that it follows on from Steiner and Trips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said one of those two. Probably Angle Benoit for me. I absolutely adore that match. Mm. Um, I love that match even oh, more like just that. because they're so they're quiet at the start because they've just they've just <laughs> seen the shit show of Triple H and Steiner and when they're working and they're working hard but the crowd's not with it and then just the just pure agony and work they get them into it by the end they're just pissing their pants and then Benoit gets the ovation at the end and uh, yeah I mean nostalgically I guess it's a little bit more sour now but you know at the time <laughs> Now, the Benoit Jericho ladder match, I remember being the first. Uh, it used to be one of my big favourite matches way back when. And after the whole Benoit thing, I think that was the first Benoit match I ended up re watching. And it was. It, that proved it to me that I could watch Benoit matches still. Yeah. So it's strange because I, I still fucking love that match. Yeah. Tremendous stuff. Does. Seriously, people have qualms about just watching Chris Benoit? Yeah. 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 Actually, people do. I, I turns out I didn't when I actually got around to watching it. Yeah. But some people certainly do. Yeah. Actually, you know, uh, I'll, I'll read it now. But Christopher Jackson actually wrote in and mentioned that we've we'd mentioned in passing that we had once done a show that touched on the Benoit situation, and this is a ten, this year is the ten, ten year anniversary of uh, Benoit going crazy, and asked if we had any reservations about watching Benoit matches. So I guess that ties in for you, and no for you, and no for you, Kieran, Absolutely not. no for me, Carl. I, I can still watch them. Yep. We are all monsters. We're all <laughs> on, heartless ghouls, ten, I suppose. Ten, when's the ten year anniversary? It was this year. It was oh. June. You gonna write a book for that as well? Uh, <laughs> talk to me in 10 years it's going to be hard to get family members to uh, contribute I suppose isn't it oh, boom oh god damn it god damn merry it merry Christmas and there, go, and there go the rest of the listeners yeah. no, no it, was, it, was, it was yeah I never I, I never looked at it that way yeah <laughs> I never looked at it that way and it, it, for whatever reason like when the whole thing happened it was just like obviously no one's uh, no one supports what happened but it's just one of those things like fucking like, it was such a heavy story but I just I don't know maybe it's just a, a detachment of like I never looked at it, 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 Benoit's matches like an, in an emotional he way. He wasn't anyway. killing people at the time that we know of, so, you know. <laughs> that's alright then. <laughs> there are wrestlers that can be said that, well, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. Yeah. exactly. It gets worse. Neil Robinson randomly says, uh, does the women's Royal Rumble, which has been announced on Raw, devalue the actual Royal Rumble? The one match that you actually do only see once a year, and they're going to promote what in all honesty will be a vastly inferior Rumble match on the same show. You thought the 95 Rumble was bad? Wait until you see Dana Brooke, Alicia Fox, and Tamina Snooker fuck things up. It'll make that Bundy Mabel stare down look like Flair versus Funk in comparison. What do you guys think? I absolutely detest the repetition of gimmicks on, on shows. It's rotten. Fucking grinds my gears chaps my ass worse than anything that's happened to Carl in the past three months <laughs> uh, the pain I feel from that ass chapping um, so yeah definitely 
Uh, it's nothing to do, not even to do with whether it's women or not. Don't repeat your gimmicks when that's your fucking show. It's so annoying. I hate I, it. I hate, absolutely hate it. I actually am going to disagree somewhat, and that's not just me being contrarian in that... Is it that chair? It's that fucking it, is chair. Is it this chair? <laughs> oh, there's oh. like female hormones is like that right emanating from was, I do seem to have breasts today yeah. I don't know it's very odd um, but no I mean it, you can't put them into the male Royal Rumble and it is the right time to do a female Royal Rumble probably overall and at the end of the day you don't have to be a good worker to put on a good Royal Rumble and so you're kind of playing to their strengths here a lot of their female roster because they don't have to do very much I don't know we, we've seen plenty of those battle roles that didn't really cut the mustard I'm pretty much every damn battle royal ever, male and female, cuts no mustard at all. Cuts the cheese. Cuts. Oh, nice. That's a, that's an old. Um, but yeah, real material this week. Wow, it's the hat. It's the hat. But yeah, I mean, they, it doesn't. If they've got an idea and they can book for it, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I'm not completely pessimistic on it. Um, I don't think it's going to negatively affect the show because it's a rumble show. You, you know, the actual matches don't tend to matter that much. And we'll see. I say, I, I don't think they're going to fuck it up in, in a, in a, the only way they can fuck it up is to literally fuck up the finish. And that's happened a few times, granted, with far better workers than some of these people. But, eh. How many women are in this rumble? I haven't announced yet. Assumed 20. Oh, Wow, what an awful live show that's going to be two rumbles on. Combined, what, hour and a half? Two hours of rumbles. Well, actually, the fans get to shout numbers. Uh, they go three, two, one, quite oh, a lot, so God. they're really going to enjoy themselves. Can you themselves. imagine how, how, how burned out they're going to be on that by the end of the men's one? I was going to say, you know, throw in the old um, Ty Dillinger 10 thing and this could get real tiresome, <laughs> yeah. real fast. And also a one-fall match. It makes and too sweet every time someone kicks oh, out. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> How many live shows do we plan on going to in the future? None? How about that? But, uh, <laughs> there you go. Now, in, in terms of the context of the question, do I think it devalues uh, the, the usual Rumble match? Not really. I do think it has the potential to, to make for a lethargic show on the whole. Um, on the whole. But, yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious, because I'm, I'm struggling to remember now, this year's Rumble was still three hours, wasn't it? Yeah, was uh, it? That I don't know if that had booked the trend in the same way that obviously SummerSlam is far long. I think we've gone three and a half. I suppose they could go on pre-show. That'd be fucking awesome. That'd be hilarious. Oh, can you imagine, can you imagine the backlash from certain quarters if they did that. Well, fuck you. <laughs> now, top and tailing <laughs> a show with a battle royal. Jesus. Oh, they might. They, they, they might. They, 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 they might start the show. I, I, I could. Oh. I could see them start the show. With yeah, it, that's yeah. how they always normally book yeah. themselves and shit. So. Oh that my would god. Be brutal. That's right. <laughs> they will do that. But yeah, to, to Kieran's. To Kieran's point, regardless of, of whether or not it's a women's rumble and whether or not it's time, let's be honest, contrary to what Luke said, I don't think they have a real idea of what they want to do here. Well, I think I think it was just a bit of buzz and, and Vince has sort of latched on to it. And, there's, and there, go from I'm there. not claiming they got something but, to do, I'm saying they might. There, there, but there, but there, it's the, just, yeah, there is a rumour that they do. There's a rumour they <laughs> have a... rumour they've got an idea. <laughs> go on, in, in, do, uh, in do, do, what it is then. Ronda Rousey is going to win it. And uh, that's going to be the big match for WrestleMania. That's fantastic if they announce they're actually in it. Which yeah. they may not do. They probably won't. Surprise. <laughs> and how many more network subscriptions will that really get? Probably not. More than not advertising. I'm right? still on my free three months again. It seems to keep coming round. <laughs> <laughs> Your free quarter. Every quarter. Basically, I'm doing Every... outs. It just keeps giving me them. It's great. But yeah, as, as, a, as a general rule of thumb, repeating the gimmicks, no. 
Yeah, I was going to no, say, no. Hope, if this follows in the footsteps of the illustrious women's money in the bank and the illustrious women's hell in a cell and uh, some of the other times they've tried to incorporate stuff like this, they've all been, they've all been losers you so far. You three are sexist! No, 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 it's not about the fact that if, if they can or can't do it. I actually think you make a great point in the sense that this could hide a lot of the uh, Carmelas and Taminas of the world. Mm. Well, I think that's, uh, I, I, yeah, I think I'm going to be, uh, it's going to be three on one here, unfortunately, Luke. I am opposed to this uh, idea. I, I hate the idea of devaluing the, the Rumble especially because the Rumble's not the one that actually does make what a difference still yeah, it's like, right. eh, like the Hell in a Cell doesn't mean anything the TLC match doesn't mean anything these these steps are dead with the exception of the Rumble it's the only reason the Rumble's still a big deal every year when, when did they kill Money in the Bank when would you say that that was 20 one? I'd say 26 when Swagger won Oh god, I've forgotten. Okay, fair. WrestleMania 26 and Swagger won. You can make an argument maybe the year before when Punk won for the second time in a row because I think that they were kind of you know doing the same idea again and again and again by that point. But at least it's kind of served a bit of a purpose because that one led to the uh, the heel turn and the Jeff Hardy stuff, which I, was awesome. I got to say, just uh, as a segue because you mentioned him, I am fucking dying for CM Punk to return <laughs> to, to the WWE or oh. the UFC. No, <laughs> wrestling. Yeah. I want to see him wrestle. Did you know that CM Punk is undefeated in the UFC for over a year? Is he? So am I. <laughs> on an interesting side now, I don't know if it's a sign that he listens to the show or not, but CM Punk actually blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which is interesting because I didn't realise I followed him. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. How did that happen? But, but, oh, this is made, made, made for great radio. Come on. Let's 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 uh, let's upload uh, old man Jones's Twitter. Daniel Watkins asks: Santa has two very large, very angry elves. Their name is the Bludgeon Brothers, and this Christmas they will bludgeon anyone in wrestling you want, past, present, or future. Who would you like the Bludgeon Brothers to bludgeon for you this Christmas? So I guess uh, a roundabout way of saying: Who do you want to see get battered? CM Punk. <laughs> Why? You were you were a punk fan just back in the day. Just for blocking Carl. And I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get blocked, get bludgeoned. Um, no, I was a punk fan. I just said I generally want him to return to wrestling because I think it's really fucking stale. And at least he'd liven things up a bit. Yeah, man. Um, then I said, man. Uh, that is that. Is that uh, different person? Bludgeon people. Oh, Vince Russo, easy. Oh, that's pretty good. There you go. There we go. <laughs> we're back. CM Punk. It says CM Punk blocked you. <laughs> It's legit. It's legit. Oh shit! It is. Wow. 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 He's gone out his way. Is this all because of the gate? It must have been the gate of the girl. Oh. I don't think I was friends with him anyway. (laughs) Followers or whatever the fuck. (laughs) Well, there you go. We've all learned something today. Old Man Jones has been blocked by CM Punk. That's impressive. There's a twinkle in your eye. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Tommy Dream is next. To get bludgeoned? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Oh, damn it. Um, Um, I'm going to say the Sing Boys. Really? They'll just be. Well, it's not that they piss me off. I can just find it quite comical the idea of them being thrown around. If you picture the way Orton just launched the one up into the table that one time, just imagine them doing that. Hilarious. <laughs> Luke? You see, I'm, uh, I'd am i rather use them as a different kind of weapon. I think they'd be better as a threat. You put the uh, booking committee... Yeah, yeah you, you know, you do another shitty show for any Raw or SmackDown, you got these guys to answer to. I think that that's a nice... Um, it's a nice way of using them. They're getting a little bit close to Ron and Don Harris in... Uh, oh, my God. Right. Looks, yeah, 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 I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. To beef... 
Now, hang on, I've got to take you to task on this, because I know there are people in wrestling that you're not fond of. The, the, the people who you, who you can't enjoy because you feel that they're dicks in real life. Bob Holly? Bob, oh, for God's sake, can he even stand? i got the feeling that he probably can't even stand at this uh, point. We're still not sure about his anus. Oh, that's... A, you'll want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, it's called deflecting. <laughs> Fine. But I would happily accept a Bludgeon Brothers versus Bob Holly Randy Orton match and thoroughly enjoy myself. <laughs> there you go. There uh, you go. Mm. Okay, in that case, I, I think I'll probably... This is tough. Russo's a good one because of the damage. <laughs> it's Russo. <laughs> it's Russo. Um, Jimmy Jam Garvin. <laughs> I hate Jimmy Jam Garvin. Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan. So you're, you're in the, uh, the, the cornet corner, are you, on this subject? Well, let's be... Perfectly clear on this. This is how much I dislike Joey Ryan and dislike the whole notion of the penis plex, which I'm sure will get me some grief. <laughs> I've got no time for Mick Foley anymore. Wow! None. None. Wow! Ladies and gentlemen, my God, you are so glad you've tuned into this episode because this is the twist episode of the season. <laughs> it's, I know. It's like Punk gets a reprieve. You're wearing a hat. I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> Fucking Foley gets shit canned. What's going on here? Carl, you got to elaborate, man. Elaborate. I just the the whole back and forth and Foley selling for the dick and look <laughs> look it's good because look at all the smiles on people's faces no it's embarrassing we 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 talked about it before how we'll watch certain things and people who aren't wrestling fans would see us watching it and they just give you that look this is what you watch so imagine that context <laughs> you, you you're flicking through you stick the Joey Ryan match on. Someone walks into the room. What the fuck are you watching? Looks like a second-rate porn where someone can't do the hand job properly. <laughs> I'll say no more. <laughs> and, 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 Foley, and Foley Foley endorsed it. And I think that's wrong. <laughs> I think he should be ashamed of himself. It's, it's just his old-fashioned values, isn't it? It's uh, if, if it's not a chin lock, it's not wrestling. That's it. All right, so interesting. That's a good one there. Uh, wow, revelations all around. Moving along now to a, a, a completely different subject from the penis plex. Steve Rich, Air Raid, says, Lads, here's a two-parter for those of you who watch New Japan. I'd love to know, firstly, which of the three Okada versus Omega matches you enjoyed the most and why? Uh, for my two cents, it was the first, as it took me completely off guard uh, into how into I was. My emotional investment was off the scale for how much I wanted little Kazu to survive. It really crept up on me how long they'd been out there, well past the 50-minute mark, and it made a believer out of me for Kenny, where previously I thought him too comedic to be a main event player that's a pretty good question there uh, the first one obviously uh, Russell Kingdom January 4th uh, when Okada uh, won there was the one hour draw uh, which was the second match and then there was the match in the final of the G1 Climax in the B block where um, Okada, Omega beat Okada so it's 1-1-1 one, one, and one. so uh, yeah which of the three were your favourite I'm with the raid on this one definitely the first one for me um, I just thought it was paced a bit better yeah um yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Okay, cool. Um I'd agree the first match uh, in a similar vein to um, Air Raid because it's it's the one I sort of got the most invested in as I was watching it. Got got the most caught up in. Now all three are, are damn fine matches. Um, the second one I enjoyed the way they they played off the first one. The third one maybe a little less so. I think partly because you sort of you anticipate the result because of what you've seen before and that sort of takes you out of it a bit so mm. um, I'd, I'd go with the first one 
I've actually only seen the second and the third. Now, obviously, I'm going to have to go watch the first at some point. But I remember I um, actually sat down with my brother to watch the second one. I don't think he's ever seen any Japanese wrestling past kind of Hayabusa era. So, mm. um, but yeah, we were absolutely thoroughly engaged by it. And um, but yeah, the, the second one was. I really, really enjoyed the second one, and I was going to say the same with Carl. Is uh, having watched the second and researched the third, uh, researched the first. Sorry, you kind of know where the third's probably going to go, and it doesn't exactly go out of its way to shock you in that sense. So, mm. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll lean to what I think it's me. Uh, I'm going to go for the first as well. In the first one, because when it's happening, I, I see what he's saying about making a believer out of Omega in a sense of like. I, as the match was going on, I was like, wow, you know, these guys are really trying to have the absolute best match they can, almost to the point of like a human sacrifice with like the top of dragon suplex and the backdrop over the top of the floor through the table. And it's just like, it was so, you know, it's like the great matches are the ones you don't see come in sometimes. And even though you thought it was going to be very good, it does surpass expectations. And the, the, the ones that follow, you kind of have this expectation of it's got to live up to that. So I, I think it almost kind of dampens it a little bit for me in a way. But um, yeah, I'll go for the first two. But, uh, yeah, interesting. Secondly, in regards to Omega, says uh, says Steve, do you see him taking the title from Naito later in 2018 and Okada winning the G1, or do you imagine him going into 2019's Wrestle Kingdom as the challenger? I ask because I think it's nailed on that they'll break the 1-1-1 one, one, and one parity between Omega and Okada in a Wrestle Kingdom main event, because honestly it's the only stage worthy. Let me know how you think it will pan out, or if you see a possibility of a different main event next year. So obviously, uh, Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th, which is actually creeping up right around the corner, um, it is Okada and Naito in the main event for the world title Omega and Jericho which we'll talk about later in the podcast um, but yeah so that's going to be it's an interesting one there in terms of Naito's the one who's kind of on the popularity roll Okada's had this awesome title reign Is it feels like it's time for Naito to get it but then you've got the Omega thing lingering in the background and it does feel like the biggest match they have after this might be Okada and Omega in the tiebreaker um <clears throat> I'm I'm, I'm I'm leaning towards him not um, Omega not coming out on top in that because I'm, I'm not sure the fourth match will will happen on on, on the Wrestle Kingdom stage. Partly because you, I, I'm never really sure with with Omega and his his contract. Is it is it still the, sort of the one year deal? They all are. Yeah, so I'm I'm never really convinced he's going to be around that much longer. Really? Yeah, I I, I just got a feeling that eventually he will he will end up in the WWE mm. one way or another so I'm I'm not sure if it, it we will ever get that fourth match hmm interesting I hadn't thought of it that way I'll uh so the thing with New Japan is when it comes to the domain events they're usually pretty careful with the guys they put there so I don't really and I don't anticipate anyone else getting into that top bracket of the top three or four guys so it's gonna be some kind of combination of, of, of that I think Okada and Omega probably is the freshest one. I mean, I don't know how Naito and Okada can be dragged out for another another go around. I don't think Naito and Omega feels like the right thing for a main event. Who knows? It's a year's time. There's a lot that can still happen. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I do think it's probably going to be. Yeah, I think that's probably it. I think it's going to be Omega beating Naito, and then probably Okada gets the G1, and then the whole thing is that Kenny is the role reverse of the first time they did the match where. Okada's going in as the challenger. Omega is the champion. Well, see, that's what I mean. Yeah, we, we're going you know, two years down the line mm. there, and I just, I'm I'm not convinced that Omega's still going to be there in two years. And I'm not convinced that Naito's not going to get more popular and kind of ruin that plan anyway, and, and, and kind of become the new you know, the spot that Tanahashi was in as the anchor. They want to just keep in that spot for a while because they clearly think the world of him. So, 
Um, so, also, uh, moving on here, Daniel Cleary says, Merry Christmas, lads. As brilliant as the three Okada vs. Omega matches were this year, and I loved each one, for me, the Okada vs. Shibata match is my match of the year. From the opening bell, uh, bell the crowd were hot. It was a match we hadn't seen, and the match delivered. It probably even uh, was even more powerful when re-watching it, knowing it would be Shibata's final match. With all the talk of dream matches recently, and a pretty big one coming up on January 4th, he segues to his question here, I was wondering, what was the panel's top dream match that lived up to the hype? AJ and Brock, I'll go with. Oh, that's a good one. Because mm. that's always... I'm not sure if we mentioned it before. I think it was... No, it was, it was Sean and Brock. We, we spoke about it before. That yeah, was our yeah. dream one. So this was kind of as close as I thought, you know, the perfect perfect wrestler in AJ Styles against the big man. And, uh, yeah, I absolutely... I, I was always really really wanted to see that match and it was as soon as they started out and he throws them around it's like this is going to be exactly what I wanted as soon to as do. he backs them in the corner with that kick and he just oh this is going to be beautiful. great yeah I absolutely fucking adored it so. yeah and then the other thing that was like you feared it would be short because they'd done the short that, matches yeah that was the only fear yes he with started with and Joe um, but now the way he now as soon as he as soon as he started kicking his ass straight off the bat there's no way you do that. You don't need to do that to, to AJ to get Brock over in the gimmick of a match. So mm. there was no way they were going to sacrifice AJ. Um, and it was like, yeah, this is going to go exactly how I And it did, so it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, Great stuff. But yeah, and the, usually their uh, dream matches are a, a hellacious letdown, I think, because you've created this fancy in your head of what it should be, and then the reality of it is wrestling is you know, 9% promotion so yeah. you're giving the promotion and then oh fuck that wasn't as good as I hoped it <laughs> reality strikes but yeah not a Brock and AJ Luke, Carl your, your, your picks for this dream match that lived up to the hype you see I don't think you can top what Kieran just said you're absolutely right it, they, they seldom live up to the hype Brock AJ is an absolutely brilliant example of one that surpassed it. I think it surpassed expectations it didn't just live up to it. I really do think it surpassed it I think it did, I think it did fantastically but um, the problem I've got really is that I'm not as familiar with the Japanese elements. I've watched maybe, I want to say, three Japanese pay-per-views this year and thoroughly enjoyed them all. It's just time. You never have time to watch everything. And so I'm in a position where I'm sitting back going, do I really have any dream matches left? And even before this, uh, timing in this last decade for dream matches has been really shit. Is it just me? You know, it's like you, you finally got this thing that comes around and, oh, one guy retires about a year too early upon retrospect and, and people can become injured at the wrong time. And so... This thing comes in two years late kind oh, of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but that's it. Try though. ten years late. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's it, though. It's like everything is just unfortunately badly timed out. And so what you end up with, it's like, I remember somebody saying, oh, this dream match of Brock Lesnar and Goldberg's going to be great. I'm like, well, it kind of already happened. I don't really think it can qualify as a dream match in any real sense anymore. Although that definitely surpassed expectations. So going by whoever the fuck was that? Oh, it was probably G. It was yeah. probably fucking Would that be G. expectations or just previous uh, evidence? Because the first one sucked. It did. And the second one... But I believe it's that beautiful. <laughs> we look, if we look at what expectations are, they are often based on evidence. So. Yeah, but no, 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 no bullshit. Come on, they're, they're been, okay, no, no, I know what I'm talking about. It's, 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 if it's based on the evidence, uh, physical evidence, I've seen the match already. It's not expectation. Fine. Although I will tell you, I will tell you what, and I, I it's hard to consider it a dream match, but um, the Sean Taker return match, mainly one where Um because in that thing it was like. There was a dream element to that in that you'd seen how good it could be when they were both younger and you knew that they both 
evolved as workers in a certain way, but you also didn't know if they could go anymore. At least that was my thing heading into that match. Take certainly. Well, yeah, well, take us certainly, but um, Sean, you know, he'd, he'd proven himself, absolutely. But then Sean's got to get that out of Taker in his current position. I think Taker absolutely stepped up in that match, and that match definitely exceeded my expectations for a dream match capacity. So, Carl? I, I can't think of a way to convey this without just seeming even more jaded. Um, Jade away. I mean... Lesnar's styles was was fantastic, but I I never really had that much thought about it to be honest. It, it would it, it would feel a bit disingenuous if I was like that was one of my dream matches that led up to expectation because I didn't really give it a lot of thought prior to it happening, and, and you know combined with the fact that it happened out of nowhere. Um, Eight days bill, <laughs> whatever it exactly. was. Um, and I'm having a really hard time to think of a a sort of a dream match that I thought about in advance that really lived up to expectations. It's funny, so the first one that came to my mind, if we're talking about WWE stuff, was Michaels and Angle. Because that was one that I really wanted from WrestleMania, where like I, I wanted that match for a while, and they were both on separate shows forever, and, and you knew that Michaels wasn't going to go to SmackDown, and they were keeping Angle on SmackDown forever, and then they actually made the match, and then like I still think that match is hella underrated. That match is absolutely oh, awesome. Oh, it's tremendous. That is... The finest tap out in the history of the business. Oh my god, is it ever. It's so good. And it's like, to me, that's the one that lives up uh, in terms of like, long-term expectations that I wanted for, yeah, a match I want for a long time. On that point, though, Kyle, if you're having trouble, maybe this will, uh, will cure well, your ails. I, I, I think it's probably because the matches I look back on and think of as my favourite matches of all time would not be considered dream matches at the time. There were no, ones one's, that... no one's thinking of Austin Brett Mania 13 going in as a dream match. Mm. Was it for yeah. you going in there? No. no. What about Rock and Hogan? That do it for you, Carl? You're a Hulkamaniac once upon a time. I see him, seeing our I, Terry back in the I, WWF? I was, but I didn't want to see him in 2002. No? God, no. <laughs> Alright, well, well, this might cure your ails then, Carl. Um, he says, Also, what dream match fell short the most for you? <laughs> Look at the roller decks moving, Carl's brain. Oh, oh the Filofax is going a mile a minute. I'll let Kieran jump in first. Uh, I'll go just on the Brock theme. I'll go go the first one. Brock Goldberg the first time round because oh, but me you're twenty. Yeah, um, oh. I was a huge Brock fan. <laughs> Carl's got one. Thank, thanks for that, Carl. Jerk. Um, yeah, because I was a Goldberg fan anyway. I know they'd hurt him by then, but I was still a fan. And then um, I always loved Brock, even as a youth. And um, yeah, it just obviously their attitudes, the crowd, it was just all completely clusterfuck. So that was massively, massively yeah. disappointing. And the build was actually ace. Oh, match too. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I can remember the first thing that came to my head is Mithily, but yeah, I got that one. This may be the only time on this podcast, and possibly maybe even the first time in the history of us doing this podcast, that I will voluntarily mention TNA. Wow. Yeah, this really is a night of surprises. Um, <laughs> Joe and Angle. From Joe, Genesis. From Genesis. Mm. Not that there was anything necessarily wrong with the match, but it was 13 minutes and you just sat and thought, that's it. I was just, you know, I was just getting warmed up. I was just getting into it. That's it. They blew their load for 13 minutes. <laughs> you know, we're not talking about me in the bedroom here. We're talking about pro wrestling match. 13 minutes. <laughs> Maybe 30 years ago. <laughs> Honestly, I, I haven't had many dream matches recently in a very, very long time. Um, but there have been matches that I suppose qualify because of 
looking forward to them. And um, I was a big Generico fan for a very long time. And Liam uh, turned me on to uh, Nakamura uh, uh, before the WWE run. And then obviously that big NXT announcement came through with Sandy Nakamura. A lot of people really liked that match. I was... I find that match very self-satisfied. There is nothing on the line. There is... You don't even... And I never felt like either guy was trying to win. It is just a thing that is happening to sate the people in the crowd. And I despise that match. I absolutely hate You're it. You're wrong! I know! Well, I know a lot of people... It's like I say, it is just this smug little thing of let's let's go out there and, oh, these people want to see this match. They know not a person in that building cares who wins and... Lo- yeah, oh, okay. I completely disagree Really? Because there's nothing on the line. Nothing really I matters. Love, they I just love go the psychology of the match. I think Nak is the best match in the by miles. He comes out, probably he's, is, he comes yeah. In, okay, that's not <laughs> He comes in, he's just doing his thing, he's kicking his ass, and then fucking... Sammy fights back with fire with fire and I, I loved it I, I absolutely I loved it, it. and the things go on and yeah, they're, 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 I see I, the reason I love that match one of the reasons I love that match is because there isn't a single it's not a match that relies on near fall kickouts to be good there's not a single near fall in the match which I love there's like, no, I don't think there's only like maybe like a blue thunder driver that's it but like the rest of it is like you're saying it's, like, it's the fight and fire with fire and at one point they're doing this stuff and they're just punching each other and kicking each other back and forth and it's just like it feels like it's escalating well, the, whole I get match. the the image when he um, obviously they get in the cheap pop so when Nak is like stamping on his face through the rope the crowd's going crazy um and then, obviously, when it's flipped reverse, they lose their mind because Sammy's doing it. Oh, yeah, that's you see, no, that's, that might be my problem with the match, though, is that crowd hits their peak so early, and then they can never top that. And I mean, and, and so they keep going up to this really high cheering point for things that aren't really, even in context, particularly fucking interesting. And there's no! nowhere for them to go. There's that's nowhere for them to go. So and much. I just, I think it's, it might be the crowd that pissed me off more than anything in that match. Hey, look, don't get me started on Modern Crash, but in that one, it's, uh, they bought into it for me, they marked out, because Naka's doing his thing, it's an exhibition for Naka, and then Sammy's comeback, it's like, Sammy shouldn't be looking good. And yeah, I know, he's, forget the, the reality, but you know, the story is, it's Naka's match, and Sammy's there, the sacrificial lamb, and he fights back, and he's like, stands up, I, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. This is one we, we agree to disagree. Yeah. So if my, I, I, I guess I got a couple of nominations. The, the, the first one is Sting and Hogan. <laughs> That was the first one that came up from Starcade. Ooh, that's a doozy. When I really, because that was like that. Actually, I really did want to see that match because I wanted to see Sting Russell for the first time in a while, and then actually didn't see the match when it happened because we didn't have access to it. But to hear like this match wasn't what you thought it was, and then to watch it and just be so deflated afterwards, like God, that really was just a fucking what a what a shitty end to like this big long epic by WCW standards story, and look how it fucking turned out. And the other one. And it was actually it was one of the first ones that came to mind just from when I was younger was because I liked them both when I was younger was Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect yes. at SummerSlam 93 yes. because that was a match that at the time they were hyping is like this is going to be like the greatest the, the, the two greatest Intercontinental Champions wrestling each other and I liked them both you you, know, you love Perfect yeah. you loved Shawn I by osmosis started to love Shawn and, and, uh, and, and appreciate Perfect and it's like you, know, you see all those great matches with Perfect and, and Brett and stuff and it's like I'm really looking forward to watching this, and then you see it, and it's just a decent match. Yeah. And that was really that's not one of the first matches where I actually remember being a little bit disappointed by. Like, yeah, I, I kind of always got the impression that during that period, Perfect really wasn't motivated. He had a great match with Brett, King of the Ring, a couple months before. Yeah, but that's although he was that's, about that's, to quit the company. <laughs> so <laughs> something I think something may have happened. Um, probably not winning that match actually that mm-hmm. changed his mind on uh, on how 
the excitement you want. And he goes on to be a no-show at Survivor Series. Yeah, the perfect partner, if you will, Carl. Mm. Um, for me, Daniel Cleary says, uh, Nakamura vs. Styles is my favourite dream match after years of waiting. Seeing them deliver at Wrestle Kingdom was awesome, and when they finally clash eventually on SmackDown Live, it won't be anything close to the original. This might rub a few people the wrong way, but the dream match that I think didn't live up to the hype was Sean vs. Brett at WrestleMania 12. Uh, knowing the heat these two had, the talent, and the fact they were both in their prime and could work with anyone, it was a good match, but not the absolute classic the WWE has tried to paint. Uncle Pat Patterson claiming he wept after the match is a bit much. I don't know, Patterson strikes me as a crier. <laughs> um, You've seen Legends House. Yeah. Well, as you know for well, Carl. Uh, oh, no! No, Kieran! No, I'm not going to say. Why not penetration? Yeah. Sorry, go on. You are predictable, so I am. Consistent, yeah. I think. <laughs> Regular as clockwork. Like my bowels these days. Um... I'm, maybe I'm alone I wasn't aware of any backstage heat whatsoever going into Mania 12 and my, there was any no my I can say I, I thought it all stemmed after that but my, my general perception of that match going in was, and maybe it was because being younger at the time like, an hour match hour long I don't really want to see that oh and look now there's about three less matches on Mania than what I'm used to well, that's no good and it just and it just plods it just plods along and it's not bad but it's not good either and the um, the sort of waxing lyrical that the company does about it just you know sticks in the craw a bit that's a really good show actually um, I'll say sticks in the craw because they're going to promote but they're going to say actually you know what Ten, 20 years on whatever this match appreciate so don't, don't if you're going to buy the network don't buy it for this um, <laughs> but yeah um, actually but the hype it wasn't a work right aficionado or mm. I was a big Sean fan I thought he had, he'd have great matches with everyone Brett was obviously Brett and to be fair at this time there was a bit of a growing awareness of good matches and stuff like that because Sean was having a lot of them mm. well yeah, pers- yeah I mean, that was my thing for him that he was, he was, he was he'd have a great match with anyone but yeah that match where the premise is you've got these two guaranteed for an hour in execution it was it was horrible it just, just it took ev- took the life out of that match um, so that's a good show, yeah. Good show. Good call, good call, Daniel. Andy Howard writes in and says, "Can anyone resurrect the career of Dolph Ziggler?" Well, the company appear to be trying for the 79th the time now. The new United States Champion, Dolph Ziggler, out of nowhere. You're right. The United States Championship resurrects many careers. <laughs> You're quite right. All right, good point. Well made. Um, what do you mean by resurrect? Like basically, because Dolph's career is like I feel like a document position. He's the highest position he's ever been before it does like a bloody di- well, that, difference that's so. it like is he just now so flattened out because they've, they've done everything with him and beaten him into the ground so much that it, it's now a lost cause I, trying to do anything with him I would very much say that's the case I mean from from my perspective I've I've gone from not, not someone who loved Dolph but someone who, who liked him to now I wouldn't care if the company cut him tomorrow yeah I really, really wouldn't it just sort of becomes painfully you become painfully aware watching him how it's either 100 miles an hour or nothing and we've talked about it before how every big move kills him and I just uh, yeah I know that you're good in the ring and you and you can be quite you know you can be smooth and all that sort of stuff but I just sit and think yeah I wouldn't miss you if you weren't there at all you see it's almost a catch 22 for me as Kieran says no matter how they book him eh, it's not going to do shit and no matter how hard he works it ain't going to do shit so he can't resurrect it they can't resurrect it the fans aren't going to resurrect it 
he's better off gone for his own good as we've seen with the whole Cody Rhodes and shit it's like he he do gangbusters on the indies but my point would be is if they did just elevate him and position him as the main eventer it wouldn't matter relative to anything else on the card he's, he'd just be another guy cycled into that position main eventing with Jinder Mahal <laughs> can you imagine dream match dream yeah. match <laughs> yeah I don't know about that but I think it, it's, it's it's a tough one for, I, I feel the pain with him because it felt like there's a point where it, it's just like wow the difference between now and like years ago when people were like you know what we're, we actually we're home because he's got that great work ethic and stuff like that and now it's like there is nothing more painful than hearing Dolph Ziggler do a promo talking about how he's the best damn in-ring performer in the company and stuff like that and what I do in this ring it's like it rings so hollow now it really does so yeah um, the answer I guess is no <laughs> um, <laughs> no one can resurrect the career they'll, they'll keep him they'll plod him along they'll push him sometimes they'll job him at others but in terms of I mean it's not like he gets no reaction is it I mean he got a bit of a pop when he won the belt because it was a surprise at the pay-per-view but uh yeah, I don't know. Another interesting one here, segueing to another current performer. Andrew Quirk says, Mojo Rawley, why? Discuss. Because uh, he's mates of Gronk. M- Mojo Rawley, why? who? Discuss. <laughs> why, why, what exactly? Why is he starting to be pushed? Or why is he on TV? Or why is he just generally gainfully employed? Or All why is he alive? The they have fucking been high on him for years because of the former football player background and the. Um, yeah, but JR's not there anymore. But yeah, post it. They've always, <laughs> they have done this. That he's the prototype of what they want to bring through. Was yep. the old word on the street of like you know the kind of scene potential of this guy of a legit an, animate legit athlete, uh, good friends and um, uh, an outward personality. So they fucking love him, and the Gronk King will keep him around as we saw at WrestleMania. So did you? Did, it, I mean, did I, anybody here happen? I know I probably know the answer. To somebody see this promo that he cut on uh, W.com this week? I've seen it mentioned online. I haven't personally watched it. I I have seen it. What do you think? Bit different. Yeah. Um, I saw potential there. Maybe. The, 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 see, the the problem I have is that the second he gets in the ring, I'm just going to. I'm just. Not interested. And Liam, what have we learned about potential in the WWE? Mm. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so, I mean, so I, yeah, I just hate his word that's overused, but I hate him. <laughs> I just, I just, no, I just. Mr. Early, if you'll just position yourself over there with 99% of the roster, Mr. Jones would appreciate it. <laughs> I don't, no. he's, gonna be, he's gonna be blocking you on Twitter now. <laughs> I don't hate most it's of them. It's going to be no-go for Mojo for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I could tell. I don't hate most of the roster, Luke. I just... I think it says something when you're in a tag team with Zack Ryder and Zack Ryder is not the most annoying member of the team. <laughs> I miss the days of the Fair. Zubaz Spaz when he used to do that dance into the corner. Fucking, it was awful, but it was funny in an awful way. Uh, Rick Skelton, Tiger Rick, says, Hi all, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy 2018. Do us a favour and get more podcasts done next year. <laughs> Some of us are having to drive around listening to reruns, and frankly, it's a disgrace. Uh, congratulations to Liam on publishing a book, which I'm 100 odd pages into and have found to be superb so far. Meticulously researched and well written. Thank you very much, I didn't pay him for that. Couple of questions for the Christmas show, Rick says. Who do you see as the next big WWE star after Roman Reigns? 
Uh, my pick around 18 months ago was Jason Jordan, who physically has everything they look for and was doing nicely as part of American Alpha. Sadly, they ended the, they ended the tag team at least two years too early, and he's been handed a storyline he might never recover from. So, uh, does anybody have any idea, looking at this landscape, at who the next face of the company might be, should Roman Reigns uh, get injured or fail or whatever? Or get beaten up by the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah, or get, beat, or get selected by the... Yeah. <laughs> Don't jump to the same mojo, by the way, Card's too late for that. <laughs> Well, apparently this grand relationship can get you places <laughs> and get you far winner of the prestigious Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal I'll have you know at some point I can see Vince trying with Corbin again oh yeah but as the fa- face though like who's ne- the company the, next the same way Vince wants to bring back the football league again are we putting anything past Vince at this stage more, more on that soon by the way that's coming oh, right up please um Someone help me out here because I'm really. Oh, this is, it's hard. I would say, I would say, if you're talking the Reigns analogy, it's someone they've got in mind from development and then the, the, the nurturing all the way through, who's got a twinkle in Vince's got a twinkle in his eye. Lars, Lars, Lars. That's your pick. And with the face though, it's only the, the Reigns position. Um, who's going to give so, Vince a ball? So yeah, so, so I'd say no, not no one at the minute. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone um, currently. If anyone that, who's going to get the most probably upside, it'd be. Uh, I'll go well, Velveteen, because I think they'll be, they will jump all over themselves to push him. Think so, so. Yeah, 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 definitely, hmm. definitely. Wish he is. I hope so. Watch it. <laughs> that performance at NXT was outstanding, man. I like the guy. He's, he's, he's yeah. I'll be very interested next Christmas show to have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. What has happened? We, sh- we should free. do that. Like we should revisit. Where's our prognostications, damn it? Yeah, actually, we, we should do that. Be, yeah, we'll uh, we'll do prognostications at the end. <laughs> Um, so yeah, interesting one. I, yeah, honestly, that's a great one. Cause I, can't, I can't see anyone either. I was straining my brain just then thinking about guys in NXT, and the only one I can think of that they seem to like, but I can't say they're going to push him. Would be Alistair Black. I don't think they're going to push him to that degree. No, not so to face like, the That's what I mean. They've, they've got yeah. If you're talking mm-hmm. about that, they had Roman pegged from the start, like Rock before even fucking yeah. had his first training session. They would get that's you know he's going to be the guy and Cena as well. The look and he's straight away he's penciled said, in yeah and there's no one else like that at the minute um, no. coming through there so the closest yeah. being I'll go dream because he's got he's got a good he's got good a size good look missing someone and I can't figure out who it is but I'm sure the the, the good listeners will uh, comment I, and do I, let us know I don't know I don't see because the thing is I don't see this happening anytime soon so we're talking yeah. like years down the line and because of that I don't think there's anyone right now mm. that is far enough away from being in that position. They turn all. people around pretty quickly these days. Like that's that's what, yeah, that's yeah. What I mean. the churn is yeah. it's fairly fast with some of this stuff. I have a question though, because we're all stumped. Yeah. That's yeah. It's <laughs> great. I agree. I agree. But but I think it kind of speaks to the problem that they're having and they're gonna have, and actually this may tie into his next question. In fact, it will. Where he says, secondly, what WrestleMania main events are left once Rain, uh, once Lesnar versus Reigns is done? I can't think of another big WrestleMania main event match. Something perhaps with the Rock would feel big, but I don't see another WrestleMania caliber dream match currently. Are they going to pay for the years of relying on part timers and old timers? And the fact that we can't come up with another big name to wrestle Roman, I think maybe a yes. Uh, I can say that's probably an indication. Couldn't you argue they're paying for it now anyway? Oh, I think I think this is the this is the very the, the very situation we're in. I mean, they they are reaching what feels like the end of the road in terms of the guys they can bring in mm. for the WrestleMania Dream Match stuff. I don't know who's left. Um, it's absolutely true. That's why they're fucking reaching and paying over the odds as you expect than you'd expect for Nakron AJ in the last couple of years because they're so talent starved and they're not even main eventers. They're they're, they're yeah. recyclable main eventers if you want. Mm. The the one I could 
maybe see them attempting if, if you know because if the money's right he, he would probably do it would we maybe Goldberg reigns possibly I'm not I'm not saying I'm giving it the ring in endorsement but that that's that's something I could see them attempting to visit people would pay to see what they might perceive as a rain squash yeah I think if they put that match on the live crowd booze both guys really yep yeah, they they listen to Goldberg they that smart mark right turn on Billy and um, maybe if he's, he's fighting Reigns, they'd want him to beat the shit out of I, Roman. I don't, I don't. But I think they turn on both of them. They, I think they shit on the match. Yeah, I, d- right. I don't. I don't disagree with that being a possibility. But I, I can see Vin. You know, what was the what was the analogy they used to they used to use on the show? We used to listen to them. It was that the, the argument was Vince thinks about the poster. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. I could see Vince looking at the poster of Goldberg Reigns and absolutely loving it. I, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to disagree. To be fair. Nah, it's, I, that's, hasn't Goldberg got enough goodwill with the smart fans really at the moment of, I mean of considering the last decade when has he had more goodwill with I the don't smart think fans? so I think they pre- I thought they were turning on him really, pretty sharpish on that last run yeah they, I thought he was the ever push the, the title um, I, I didn't by the end of it they were ready they, they, I thought they he handled ready. himself well on the promos I thought a lot of the stuff where I thought he was we thought he was going to fail I don't, I don't, I don't, think I don't see like, a reason to turn but rationality I suppose is not what we're working I, with yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's a case of him doing anything wrong Luke I think hmm. Kieran touched upon that I think the moment I, I don't want to say they turned on him completely it wasn't like it was a complete 180 but the moment the belt's on him you did get a you know that, that sort of feeling of an undercurrent if you like hmm. Probably, I think as much as anything, the the manner in which he got it in terms of just killing Owens as well mm. was like. And mm, in, point, in retrospect, I mean, I had no massive problem with it because they'd already booked Owens to be a, 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 one of these mid card champions anyway by that point. So to me, it was no big deal. And I think the Universal Belts meant more since Goldberg got it and Lesnar won it than it did before anyway. So no, no big shakes to me. But yeah, I don't know. In t- because they bring the the thing is they bring so many people in to be in the quagmire and not to be the star that I don't really know I mean it's it's few and far between when they they hire someone and pick them and say okay that guy's going to be pegged for greatness I don't know anyone because at the end of the day with with, um, let's not turn this into a whole podcast on bashing WWE but it's that notion of what who are the stars now it's the McMahons (laughs) and the part timers and Roman it's tough. It's a t- it's a tough situation in terms of like what WrestleMania main events are left. Braun. Braun's going to be a guy I, they're going to. No, 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 see, we, no, no, see those, but yeah. back to Kieran's point quickly. That's the sort of thing that I can see a mania crowd shitting on. Oh yeah. Nah, they like Braun. Again, yeah. And Braun yeah. always gets more of when he's beaten up Roman. They 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 like they like Braun in a five minute squash. Uh, you know, being perceived as one of if not the guy in the marquee match at Mania in which they would expect a decent match and but probably wouldn't get it the point of these Mania matches though seems to be here's something you haven't seen before and who has Braun not wrestled at this point to an extent all of these Triple slash. H oh fuck coming this angle holy shit that hadn't even oh god <laughs> you're right no you're right that's exactly what I'd forgotten Complete. Oh, coming god. to a ring near you and so. that, uh, uh, that will stink that's it. <laughs> that will but stink. Carl, think of the marquee. Think of the marquee, think Carl. Of the yeah, yeah, yeah. It will stink, huh, Carl? <laughs> Don't you think that Braun selling for Triple H's leg work is going to be really exciting stuff? <sighs> no. No! 
Let's move Hold on. Let's move on to Timothy Broad, who says, "Hi, fellas. Merry Festivus. Happy Hanukkah. A joyous Kwanzaa." With it being in the headlines this week, I have to ask for thoughts from the oaken table about the news that Vince McMahon may be looking to relaunch the XFL. Personally, I think it's hilarious. He says, "The barmy old wanker can't help himself. <laughs> it's going to die a miserable, spectacular death. We're all going to see it coming and watch on with our figurative popcorn and coke." Better yet, he'll be back in the public eye and taking a barrage of criticism, making it likely we'll have one or two more. Bob Custer's or Armin Katayan like situations to enjoy for years to come uh, there's, a, there's a bonus question on the end of this but yeah we'll get to this one first the possible reformation of the XFL my only logical explanation for this whole affair can, is this is a mass plan by Triple H to get the old guy out of the office so he can do more of what he wants to do and they said okay but you need to start your own company because we don't want it hurting us <laughs> and use your own money because you're not having ours and fuck off, old guy. <laughs> and they, they, yeah. This is Paul pulling a Game of Thrones like. Why the Steve. fuck would you? Why? Why the fuck? <laughs> Who thinks this is a good idea? Well, hey, this, maybe, maybe this is all Triple H playing the long game and just want to get the uh, get the shareholders concerned and maybe think Vince really has lost his mind. Uh, the thing is, th- just think about it. Back in back in two thousand, when they, they announced the launch, and did it launch? Uh, did the league actually start in 2000? Did it go into 2001? No, it started in 01. started in 01. Think about it. You know, the, as hot as that company was, coming off the back of its hottest ever year, you know, the residual goodwill and interest, and despite some sort of, you know, the bits of negative publicity they got from the... Um, the, is it the PTC, the Television Council, mm. whatever it was called back? Despite some of those negative stories, it was generally held in in sort of positive connotations, if you like. You know, even with with all that going for it, it cratered. It cratered, and the company did it. Was about. Oh, its profits were down about 50% year on year <laughs> mainly nice. because of the XFL now bearing in mind it's not as if they have a hell of a lot of cash on hand now and the cost cutting they've had to do for the network to break even in those tricky circumstances how badly is this going to fail because d- despite a hardcore audience the product has never had less interest it's just <laughs> I thought it was a. I thought it was a wind up. I was yeah shocked and appalled. It's not the crossover because they don't. There's probably hardly any crossover to a football crowd and a wrestling crowd legitimately. But the thing I is, I think there's a fair amount around this table. Bizarrely, what is wrong with you three? Yeah, <laughs> actual numbers in America. Um, yeah, I know, I know. But so. So it didn't fail because of the goodwill. Obviously, that's not going to. But obviously, if it, if it did help it in any way, it's not going to help it this time. It flatlined because football fans thought it was fucking shit, and it's a, it's a it's a novelty bush league second league. So how's that changed now? That's going to be worse. Uh, how's it changed? I, I, I don't necessarily. I'm not suggesting that. Um, a crossover was the reason behind the failure. I'm just talking about in the in the context of the shit. No, I mean, in terms of the shit finance. No, I'm agreeing with you. If, 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 if my point was sorry, if the crossover. If there's no crossover value and it bombed last time, 
then it's fucking much worse now, Sunshine, so it's never happened. I've got to say, uh, from what I've read of it, I feel like the resurrection of the XFL idea is, is a very overblown concept from what's actually really leaked out. I, I don't... I, it, but more to the point, though, what is your options with football these days when going extreme is probably the least uh, credible thing you can do with football when I'm not, I'm not the biggest uh, American football guy, but I'm well aware of how much the game is probably going to need to change due to concussion issues and things like that and so there is simply no way to credibly pitch this is football done the old-fashioned way you know when people used to die on the pitch back in the uh, in the 20s yeah i mean that's not so what are you going to do what what is your angle heading into this as a business oh we're going to make it but safer what well i mean that's the smart thing to do it's not going to sell fucking tickets so what where are you going with no, this i'll what tell you, you possibly I'll, do i'll tell you exactly what it is mm-hmm. vince sits there View, sees this idea of the NFL with, with negative connotations because of the CTE issue mm. because Donald's got involved and we're talking about kneeling so he thinks <laughs> he thinks I genuinely believe this I'm not, I'm not saying this to, to be humorous he thinks there is an alienated audience out there that have switched off from the NFL despite not really appreciating the wider context of NFL red zone and the impact that has really had on TV numbers he looks at it and thinks oh there's a fan base that's ripe for the pick in there. That that will be his perception. In the same way he looked at in the same way Holy shit, Carlson is head. I mean really In the same way he looked at India, thought look at the untapped (laughs) look at the untapped (laughs) Look at the untapped potential here. (laughs) So what can I do? It's like he's sitting at the table. Let's get let's get a Canadian Says from India, make him champion despite the fact he's a jobber, and we can get that one billion audience all watching our product. Despite the fact that most, not most, that's wrong, that a significant portion of the population are not just poor, they're dirt poor. They don't even have shoes. They're, you know, they are literally, clean, to clean drainage systems in parts of India, they are pulling shit out of the ground. Well, Vince doesn't say that. Vince just sees one billion people. <laughs> Think of the dogs. That is probably the most insightful thing that's ever been said on the podcast. <laughs> said with all perfect sincerity. And it's funny because it hurts so much being true. It's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. Oh, my God. See, this is the thing. That, the whole... He thinks he's going to swoop in and just get on the... <laughs> He genuinely believes he's going to scoop up this alienated NFL fan base. So, out of interest, have they mentioned anything about why they think it won't fail this time? No. Well, this is the thing. Like, what went they, wrong they last have, time? They, that haven't, won't... they haven't even announced that they're doing it yet. They're basically, what's happened is Vince has started his own company, Alpha Entertainment. <laughs> which is just, <laughs> because, of course, it is. Yeah. Because, of course. <laughs> because, of course. Jericho's pissed right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh,. And he's applied for a bunch of trademarks. Now, in September time, they applied for these trademarks, right around the time when the NFL's, you know, this was all obviously in the public eye. He's got a trade, he's, got the, he's re-got the trademarks for XFL and all that stuff. And he's applied for new trademarks for UFL, for United Football League as well. United we stand, you know, patriotism, America... You know, that kind of thing. United Arab Emirates. He's got a 1.8 billion United Arab Emirates. They're going to watch the football because we'll get the Canadians in. 
Yeah. I mean, it's all just. What's to be this fair. cast system they're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I work for football. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. You know, yeah, to be fair, as long as we get the XFL network out of this, so I think. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. It's just like, how on earth is this not going to end up, in a best case scenario, not just being a small niche thing that will have marginal. You know, returns. And Vince doesn't like marginal returns. He's, he's, he's balls deep, you know what I mean? Well, penetration. <laughs> yeah. Vince has one big public failing in his mind. I love it. And I know, so I do I. But, but the thing is, that in his mind, I, I don't even think he really thinks he's had any other failings that other people are aware of, but yeah. he knows that other people know about XFL. Yeah, but don't yeah. you think, though? Isn't that funny, though? That's a great point. That's a great point. That is an awesome point because it's the failure you want yeah. to correct because it's so public. Yeah, and, right. and, if, and did you watch? Stupid. Did you watch the XFL document, the Thirty for Thirty? They did. Mm. Oh man! Holy yeah. shit, that's good. <laughs> okay, so speak to this, Carl. Vince's perception on how you know what? I think if we did it slightly differently, maybe it could have gone well. So that answers my question. Yeah, exactly. Why, why? Oh my, yeah. You hit the money on Luke the Edwards. Guys, no, 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 Carl set me on the route, my friends. We've done a wonderful <laughs> thing around this open table today. Timothy Broad asks a bonus question as an addendum to that. What is each of your favourite Vince public meltdowns? <laughs> um, the Bob Costas, the Costas one is one's pretty legendary. Be Just because that's, it's, a, it's a prime, probably the best example of, of Vince being genuinely rattled. Yeah. And it, uh, like you say, it ties in nicely to the XFL there. Um, another one was a, uh, I, don't, I don't think it was Sports Centre. I can't remember, I can't remember who actually did the, the documentary but it was I don't think it was long after it was either, not long after Guerrero not long after Benoit and they've got a, a, a few guys involved it's you know sort of the, the back and forth you know talking heads type of thing because uh, Piper talks about his addiction on there and it's quite bad sickness and I don't know who the interview was but he's interviewing Vince and it's prime sort of smug prick Vince you know, talk, talk, obviously he's talking about drugs, so he immediately gets his back up. And I think he, if I remember right, he knocks one of the. That's papers Armageddon, out of the hand. yeah, he slaps Thank his you. papers out of his Slaps his papers out of his hand, and you think, jeez, you really have got to him here. This is. Yeah. He's becoming his character in front of our eyes, it's ridiculous, mm. yeah. Uh, I think, in the, it, well, not necessarily a public meltdown, but I, I, I love watching him on Donahue. That Donahue episode that we all watched right in for 92 where like Meltzer's on there and Bruno's on there and fucking Billy Star- Graham <laughs> Billy Graham Chop Molestation of the Man oh Billy Graham that was an outstanding performance because I love the face to face with him and, and uh, Murray Hodgson when Hodgson does out wrestling promos the wrestling promoter it's a th- I love that it's a thing of beauty that'd be mine isn't there a clip in that where, where Meltzer has him all ends up as well yeah but he's just like, um, someone says, uh, you know, Mel- uh, Vince, isn't it true that you were devastated when Hogan lied in Arsenio Hall? And Vince goes, well, I don't know that I would say devastated. And then Meltzer, who's sitting right next to him, goes, the word used to me was devastated. <laughs> <laughs> and Vince just sort of, he just sort of, and the crowd he's, pops. He's, he smiles and just sort of like shrugs his shoulders like, oh, shucks, you got me. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, Dave. Yeah. This is almost a, a kind of marky reaction, but it's one I always remember, uh, strangely, which is um, far more public on a wrestling fan sense, I think, which is um, the Batista Cena Rumble finish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he's coming down, oh, and yes. you can ch- see that he's trying to hide it. He's trying to put on the character, he's trying to put on the walk, but you can, and, and I remember sitting watching this with my brother, and he just leans in and goes, he looks really mad <laughs> and I was like yeah I think he is really mad and he, he's trying to play it off that he's Vince he's, he's Mr. McMahon walking down here 
he's not Mr. McMahon. He's Vince, and he's not just, he's not angry. He's panicky, and you can see it. And he's like, "No, it all falls to me now. It's all on my shoulders for once. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fix this. And I've no idea what the fuck I'm going to do." <laughs> yeah, similarly, I'm going to go for the one when he smashes his quads on on the apron. That's the one. That's oh, was it? One. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sat there. He sat there. Yeah, sorry. And it's like, fuck, there isn't. His body's giving out on him. The one thing made of steel. The one thing that would never break has broken. He tries to get up and he can't. He falls back on his ass. It's like the Nash one, but funny. Shane Doyle says and this is a, this is going to be an interesting one hey lads big fan of the show quick question are you lads currently enjoying this indie boom period are you heading out to the shows live and keeping up with the scene overseas personally I love it as there's a legitimate alternative for everyone and the talent pool is extremely deep long gone are the days of Johnny Kickpads and Vance Vanilla I don't hear you lot discuss or even reference it though the anti-PWG comments uh, I'm assuming these are the ones that I made on the uh, Survivor Series show seem disheartening uh, too seeming as you seem to have no prior knowledge about it outside of whatever agenda Reddit slash Melter is spewing out these days. The reason I ask this is you all question if Roderick Strong has the chops for further character work, yet you should know that Roddy's heel work in PWG as their champ was fantastic. Just an observation, nothing cynical. I guess the big question is, are you lads set in your ways? Can I, can I just add before he says this, and hopefully Liam won't cut this out, Kieran just reached for the mic with such authority that everyone else leaned back in their seats to give him room. This better be good. Yeah, but in retrospect, given the listening audience, I probably shouldn't say anything. First of all, just to clarify one thing, I haven't been on Reddit once. No, in my life oh I'm so surprised uh, two, two, yeah two things actually just to tackle this quickly yeah. Reddit I don't know what they say about anything I don't go on there on the topic of, of Meltzer I'm, I'm, a, Meltzer. I'm a bit confused oh, is, is, he, is he saying that we, we echo Meltzer because when it comes to pro Mel- wrestling gorilla, Meltzer's I, very positive he's PBG. very positive and I'm I'm you are not. I'm well. I'm, I'm in the middle, if nothing else, really. No, no, I, no. I think what he said was what he said was we only reference things that Meltzer's brought. Up. Okay, I'll see ground to Shenny. We don't talk about pro wrestling gorilla that much, but let's let's be really honest about it. It doesn't cast that wide of a net. Yes, it does have buzz amongst people who are f- familiar with it, but that's not the largest group in the world and it's generally the same 400 people at the same place watching the same guys every month or I actually don't really recall us talking about Roderick Strong much one way or or the other we've never we've never gone into detail about him I this, don't recall yeah. so, so there's, there's a couple of things here so just for a frame of reference for the listeners who may have missed the Survivor Series show that we did there were two things that were referenced here. number one was I, I said I felt that personally one of the weaknesses of the NXT War Games was there wasn't a babyface that anybody loved or heel that anybody hated because I don't think that Roderick Strong who was the guy who was cast in that position was particularly loved well, that- and then we kind of talked about him as being a main player or whether or not he has main player potential from a personality standpoint now okay. while in PWG yeah he, he did do some good stuff but like we said that was as a heel as a baby face and they did those good they did those good uh, profile pieces on him in NXT oh, they, they were very good but let's be honest when it comes to actually you know that's sort of the setup. he's got to kick on from there and and I'm not I'm not prepared to point the finger at WWE or, or NXT or you know whichever way you choose to describe it and say it's their fault for not um, 
positioning him properly or not portraying him positively enough because you know he was pretty damn bland in Ring of Honor whether it was with um, Generation Gen Next, Gen, Gen Next or, or as a babyface he never really stuck out to me now that's not to criticise his in-ring stuff I think he's very good in the ring but I you know in all honesty I don't think the personality's there um, in terms of the in terms of the indie boom, I've, I I don't feel I'm best positioned to to really comment on it for any sort of you know because I don't what I haven't watched an awful lot recently. I did go to a show the other the other month, but um, you know, I'm I'm not a frequent visitor to to indie shows, and I probably don't have as good a grasp on it as maybe others do around the table, perhaps. Yeah. So and the other element of this is is I flippantly refer to PWG as Rim Job Pro Wrestling. <laughs> Yes, you did. I remember now. Well, in fa- in in fairness to you, when you're going to do the grenade spot, or if you're going to do something like uh, the slow mo, the slow mo, or what recently occurred in a young bunks match, oh, you know, not coincidentally, fi- at uh, Ring of Honor final battle, Ring of Honor final battle, when you do things like that, you know, in fairness, you are going to lose me. Yeah, because it's not. It, it's it's all it's all the it almost touches a bit on what Luke was talking about. It's, it's the contrived pat on the back for each other. Whereas, but watching people do, you know, somersaults and six men all miss the drop kick on each other, and that's just not to, to me. It just you know, it just loses me. I, I I can't sort of immerse myself in that sort of conflict when it's like that. It's just it's it's too contrived. It feels like there's about three or four different things to talk about here, actually. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll cut through all of them. First of all, I, I think that what you're saying is right, obviously, Carl, in terms of the, the, the elements like that that are... It, it's, a, it's a niche thing. So things like that that are targeted in a niche, it is what it is. It doesn't appeal to me, but it's not trying to. It's trying to appeal to people in the building. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, when I, when I made that comment, it's because I was specifically thinking about PWG, not as to criticise them and that everything they do is like that, because it's not. They do have a lot of good matches in there, and it's like, I and I always, yeah, I always, I would either try and get a hold of Battle of Los Angeles or the, you know, the, the big annual tournament or the All Star Weekend, and it's like, yeah, I've, I've watched this stuff. I have a pretty good access to it at the moment, so it's like I've, I've watched a lot. And there's a couple of things about it I want to touch on. Number one, what stops me from watching a lot of indie stuff is that no matter what, the commentary sucks. All the time, and we're not when you're not watching it live, and you're not part of the live experience, which is a lot of what gets the buzz, is when you're watching it on tape, and the commentary is dreadful. And I'll give you a good example, actually. Is there's a, the the, the six man PWG match that we all watched together, which was Young Bucks and Adam Cole against Osprey Ricochet and Matt Seidel, and it was a hell of a match. It was a crazy match, great athleticism, you know, dives. It was it was just a crazy crazy match. Chuck Taylor's commentary on that match was fucking terrible. And it dragged the entire thing down. And part of this whole idea of the the rim job pro wrestling that I said is because it's such a false environment. That's it. I th- and it's this pervasing. Sorry, probably not correct use of the word. Um, thanks. I know. I, oh, well, I, 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 you're right. You're I, right. I only oh, asterisk because you're sitting there. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> that's Ask the teacher. for me. That's okay. That's it's a nice, it's a niche little thing. And if that draws a respectable um, gate to your indie show, fantastic. But don't blow smoke up my ass over it, and don't definitely blow smoke up Carl's ass because it'll hurt him a lot more than it hurt me. <laughs> That's true. Um, but this, uh, this fucking wink, wink attitude that's in the Indies, pervades the Indies, 
is what's killing wrestling in general for me. I fucking hate it. As you were saying about the sporting element of pro wrestling, it's like, oh yeah, everyone knows it's fake, so we're gonna let's make it a novelty, gimmicky thing rather than at least trying to stick to the core principles of the premise of what pro wrestling should be. And it's like it's okay right now because it's a novelty thing, and especially in this country, we're very novelty based, and you know, um, fan base anyway. Um, once that's gone, I mean, that can only last so long, and if you haven't got that core you know meaty the, the core to pro wrestling the basic premise of what pro wrestling should be you're still presenting exactly the same way but it's not when you start nodding and winking to the crowd it will die I'm telling you it will five to ten years the business is going to be on its arse because there's only so long novelty wink wink um, we're all in this together and we all know the score which is bullshit there's only so long that can last for my personal opinion that's it I completely uh, appreciate that uh, some people wouldn't you know sync with our views on independent pro wrestling just my opinion you see I, I feel like I'm a lot more lenient on the indies than these guys are uh, I've we worked a few a few different ones over the last year uh, in this case and I've I've watched a lot of the matches that I'm not involved in and I'm a big believer that there's a lot of different things in wrestling that you can do that will work and there's a lot I feel like there's a lot of stuff you can do in wrestling that really hasn't even been tried yet to some extent it's always I remember growing up I always used to think that you know I'm watching a sitcom when I could be watching an epic novel thing and that's kind of what's happened to some extent we're getting more kind of epic and larger scale things and and um I I feel like the, the 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 other people around this table to an extent are Embellishing a little bit, maybe, maybe. It's not a court case, bra. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm usually here is if it's a fucking court case. Um, but no, the 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 idea of oh everything. It, I know that it's not what you're saying, but the way because we're only talking about this one particular aspect, we're making out like every single match has these um, these things in. But no, that's just the shit that hits your trending shit on YouTube. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. And um, it's like I I really like Chikara. Um, I've had a thoroughly wonderful time with it. No, and I'll tell you why because it's the same reason. A long time ago, Kira mentioned this briefly with um, Lucha Underground, Lucha Underground uh, which didn't which didn't really I, I don't think panned out in the long run. But it's like if I sit there, I know what the rules are and. Chikara, I know um, in in the meta sense. In this Chikara world, this is the kind of shit that happens, and I like that, but it's when every indie starts doing the grenade spot, when none of the rest of their matches, it doesn't fit this thing, it's just, I I saw this spot and I really want to do it. It's like, I saw this fucking spot where somebody takes their part, um, uh, puts their partner onto, puts two partners together into a tombstone position and sweeps the leg. And I saw this same fucking spot on three different indie shows in a week, so I'm assuming it was on some fucking thing, this was earlier this year. And it didn't fit the rest of the show at all, it was just a bullshitty spot. And that's what I don't like, is if you've built a thing like Shakara or Attack or, or whatever your promotion's based around, and to an extent PWG, this is what our promotion is about, this is what we do, and you stick to that, I'm totally on board. The fact that what you get in the indies that I have seen personally, which is only, you know, based in mind that I've seen a lot of the stuff in the Midlands, which tends to be the same people working different promotions, because there's only so many people who are willing to drive to the middle of England, it seems, or live in the area. But, you know, you see this big scattershot thing where this group doesn't really have any kind of this is what we're about. We're just bringing in guys and letting them do their own thing, which sounds like a really good idea, but you just end up with this splodgy mess of a show. Yeah. That's what, you make the point about what I said about Lucha Underground creating its own self-contained universe that for me is that the attitude I was talking about 
it usurps that and it prevents that from happening it's like yeah and, 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 and this, again yeah, like what you said there I, I, what you were saying at the start about the embellishment is yeah. is the idea of taking something like the, the, the grenades which doesn't happen all the time in yeah. PWG and it's like there, there have been indie matches this year that I've watched and loved Chip Day and Trevor Lee in CWF Mid-Atlantic was absolutely fantastic Keith Lee Shane Strickland from, from PWG this year was was I thought was a brilliant match really really exciting and it's like there is great stuff going on but like you say I find it hard to invest in an indie company because of a lot of the elements that we just talked about. They, they're all aware of the audience they've got, they're playing to it, and that's fine, but then you can't expect, if you're going to cater towards 400 fans in Reseda, the people outside of that building to see it the same way they do. So, uh, for me, just so to quick the, uh, the, um, that's the thing, it's, it's everyone as well, it's so safe, and everyone plays into the attitude. I know I said it again at Nauseam that you can't do anything because the internet knows everything bull fucking shit yeah. the, the internet is a fucking golden vehicle for manipulating people because they because they assume knowledge they know everything <laughs> and like the stuff you could if you're an indie guy Pillman imagine oh, Pillman man. if Pillman was working in the indies in this fucking environment he'd be the king of the indies and he'd be the fucking guy who gets signed up and, and shot to the moon because he'd get over doing it no one takes chances anymore yeah, it's but, safe it's oh god but that's the thing the, the only credit I'll give the young bucks is that at least they found a way to be on the indies and make themselves like big merchandise movers by doing this kind of stuff and that's the risk that they're taking because it could have bombed it could have died and they could have just been written off so I do I do admire the fact that hey they've, they've, they've made a go of it for themselves so I'm not ragging on the young bucks but it's, it's just that feeling of and again because I'm watching these I'm not watching these shows live I'm watching them on tape whenever I see it on tape and I watch a, a great example Rey Mysterio versus Will Ospreay from uh, Rev Pro I think it was a few months ago and I'm watching that match and it was good and Ray, yeah, Ray and Will were both great and the commentary just was so inauthentic because you can hear they're trying to be Jim Ross. Um, you know, Keith, Keith Lee and uh, Tomohiro Ishii from not from from uh, another like a month ago, they had a match and Andy Quinlan's on commentary, the promoter of the company, and it just it, again just feels inauthentic, screaming as like he thinks an American wrestling company. It feels like something that's trying to be an uh, not all the time, obviously. Again, I'm talking blanket statement here, but there's a lot of feeling like an homage to pro wrestling, uh, to, to something they love that we're all in on together, as opposed to creating. Where you're really trying to dry your emotion. Very minor thing, very minor thing. But um, a show I worked, I think, not that long ago, um, and I realised that it was probably one of my favourite shows in a long time because the crowd turned out, they were expecting the crowd to be really big wrestling fans, and it turned out to be mostly mums, dads, and kids. And it took them a couple of matches because the first two matches were very much designed for wrestling fans, but the rest of the show was designed to work it, it, it morphed into this thing that I don't think they were planning on doing but the workers took it upon themselves to aim for these fans and holy shit that was the most enjoyable relaxing wrestling show I have personally watched in ages because it was way more universal um, and and I think that, that that's it that the, the idea that everyone already knows everything we've, we've got to do this spot because they're expecting us to do this spot just coming in and saying oh we're working to a blank slate who doesn't know all that much and that basic that that was really pleasant to see, and you don't see that enough. Yeah, very interesting uh, topic of conversation. I quite like that one. Colin Shakur here says, "Hey guys, good to hear you again. Hope to hear far more of you in 2018." A question on two of the SCG trademarks. Number one, which has been your favourite period, month, quarter, etc., to cover in the Monday Night War timeline so far, and why? Mm. Um, I'm probably going to say. 
November '97. Oh, the Bre- for, for obvious the Montreal reasons. Episode. You got you got Montreal, which which speaks for itself. But then, you know, <clears throat> you juxtapose that with the <clears throat> sort of juxtapose that with the 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 build towards Starcade, which they're still emphasised on WCW TV, and a sort of reliving slash relitigating it all to to see this sort of almost um, almost like the fork in the road for both companies at, you know at, at that point and, and to sort of relive that idea I think that was the sort of thing that Meltzer touched on about WCW now has the keys to Canada and you know it's all going to hell for WF this is the death now and WCW is building towards its you know, it's big payoff of its biggest ever feud, and you just think to sort of go through all that again, and to just like I say, almost sort of reliving. <laughs> God, this was uh, fascinating, enthralling, and in many respects, depressing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'd, no, but it just sort of, sort of covers the covers the gambit of emotions, really. Cause, yeah, because you, you know, you think of you can live vicariously through the WWF if you wish to, and think. You know, it's 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 the dark before the dawn, or you can go over to WCW and it's the it's the peak before the crash. <laughs> <laughs> Ships passing in the night, is it? Very were. much so. Kieran, your favourite one to cover so far? Um, I wouldn't narrow it down, and it's when they finally so probably around '97 when they just start using Austin like three times, like four the, times yeah, on yeah. every show. April, May of '97, and this was. yeah, and it's that's I love that because it's it is it's the sign that. The myth that Vince always had that he'd run with talent, which, you know, doesn't happen anymore, if it ever did. But then it was like it felt real. And it's like he's jumping on it, he's rolling with it, and this guy's great, and he's not holding back, and he's just letting him loose. And I absolutely love that, because it's just... And this, every time he comes out, and the pop's getting bigger and bigger. It's like, how is this even psychologically possible? <laughs> but it is, and it's fantastic. So that's great, because that was... Just for nostalgia purposes, That's I'll go that one, yeah. Okay. Uh, for myself, I'll go, there was an episode I was I was trying to reach right then when you were talking about Montreal, where I think it's June '97, but it's the episode where in the same show we had the revelation that the original plan for Undertaker's secret wasn't Kane, but the return of Papa Shango, which was hilarious. And on the same oh, show, for our, for our reactions alone, yeah, just for the reactions, and then the revelation at the end that WCW had the chance to use Mike Tyson oh, before the WWF yes. did, and then they, they at the last minute they said no, they don't want to do it, knowing that what well, actually <laughs> Mike Tyson would be the key to turning around the whole war, which I thought was just hilarious to relive. So I was going to go the Tyson Austin stuff because that's that was the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, too, probably so. it's like my favorite feud. We call it a feud angle. Yeah, maybe one of them ever because it's just so iconic. It's just so beautiful. I was going to say, Luke, you think you're going to be like the odd one out here in the sense of the, the timeline shows you're not on the timeline shows. Well, I'll tell you what, Luke, it, it, I'll throw this, this next one straight to you. Number two, Colin's second question. Who would each of you personally like to see put on SCG trial and why? Oh, fuck. What haven't we done? G. <laughs> i tell you what. That's cruel. The, 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 one, the one who's next in line was mentioned earlier, and that's Mick Foley. Oh, Holy shit. He's going to defend him now, though. Yeah, I was going to say you probably have that earmark for me as the yes, defence all along. That's a tough one. We've done Foley. Foley. I mean, we did. We did a lot of the chief offenders, and I, the things I really enjoyed the Undertaker one because that was one where it was like it was a non-conventional guy to put on on the stand. Yeah. The Punk one was a lot of fun. I was about to say the Punk one is one of my favourites. Yeah, that was a fun. I, I, I still personally think we got hosed on that one. I, yeah, well, fuck me. You said not guilty <laughs> to Hulk Hogan, Carl, so you got nothing to say. It'll be my turn to be the judge I've got again. Plenty to, yes. I've got plenty to say. I'm a hypocrite. 
Uh, well, can you, anybody that you want to see uh, face this? How about Brett? Nah, he's had a, he's had, he's had a rough life. Yeah, he's had, he's had uh, a let, let Brett go now. Um, All right, Sean, let me. Th- Flair. There is no. Oh, Flair. I think you could do a really interesting Flair one. That's not fair to Flair. <laughs> and Sean's got nothing to answer for, so. <laughs> uh, We're not going to let that lie. No, no. There are a lot of sceptical faces around this fucking table right now. Strangely, Liam's is not one of them. I can uh, defend Sean. Um, <laughs> anyone, Marginet, here we go with that. <laughs> Holding Sean back all those years. Um, not, not the young books. Oh, I, I, I think I could have some fun with the young books. Maybe we um, should do. Maybe, I think that'd be interesting. We should. Maybe like that. that's the well, one. Maybe, maybe we should do independent wrestling. <laughs> you don't want to cover too much in one topic. You know, it could be a five-part miniseries. Fucking hell, Nakamura. The young I would fucking love to do that. Oh, okay, okay, that's an, that's I'd, an interesting I'd, one. I'd like to see Tommy Dreamer just because I'd like, <laughs> just because I'd like to see Kieran just go for ninety <laughs> minutes, just like. I, I, I feel like that would many, start with a summary how judgment. Many, <laughs> how many, how many bullets can you put in the body? It's fat enough. Quite a few. <laughs> I like the young books idea. That's a good one. I think we could have some fun with that. Stuart Civita on the I think on the Facebook page wrote Merry Christmas boys my question is who is your biggest guilty pleasure wrestler I assume he means currently and, and who's the wrestler you see who is loved but you don't see it I think this is in the current um, context he's talking about come back to me on the guilty pleasure I, I'm um, going to go with Woken Matt because <laughs> I hated the broken stuff in TNA but I fucking piss my pants when they play that thing on Raw a couple weeks ago and Bray and Matt going back and forth because it made Bray look like the biggest wanker and I just got the biggest kick out of like they have chosen of all people Bray Wyatt to do this fucking angle with where, where again this is this is the before they, they added Woken to the screen had the glass breaking every, between the, every time they cut between yeah, them, they killed that, that yeah, killed it they? it's Holy like shit. it broke the, the broke the flow but they did this promo on Raw a couple weeks back for those of you who didn't see it where Bray and it's like Bray doing a backstage promo and it just cuts to Matt Hardy backstage doing the broken Matt character and it just you know the seriousness of Bray juxtaposed with how stupid Matt Hardy is was the funniest thing I've seen on Raw all year Bar none. It's like it's a burial and they don't realise it. It was, it, was, it was a burial. It's like Bray's taking this so seriously, and every time Matt's on the screen, the fans are pissing themselves in the building. And uh, as Matt's saying this stuff that's all ridiculous, it then cuts to Bray going, The ramblings of a madman can be dangerous. <laughs> and it's like, of all people. <laughs> How about the, the not iron sheet that is hanging behind Matt Hardy? Yeah, yeah. That has got creases in squares on it. Thinking, why? why? Well, that's just amazing. I thought, that, I thought that was the physical form of the entity. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Um, oh, but no one gets that joke. I got it. Yeah. That's all I care about. <laughs> one hand clapping. For, for, I'm, I'm struggling with a guilty pleasure. I'll come back to that. But the, in terms of the one that people love or like, I just don't see. Um is Finn Balor yeah I was going to say Finn I, d- I don't I don't get it to the point where I've gone back and I've recently watched a, a fair bit of his New Japan stuff with Prince David and I sit there and think even even that I don't I don't see what others so I don't see what the hook was for people to think you know, if only WWE signed me get the you know, the big stage to play and I, I sit there and I watch it now and I think no they just it just feels like something's missing. I, can't, I really can't put my finger on it, but I do sit there and think, yeah, I don't really get this. And then by the time you throw in the whole demon aspect thing, you just lose me then. Yeah, I was going to say, Devitt in New Japan was always one who was like, he was like, 
they pushed him for while doing the real rock and roll stuff and there were things that he did that were entertaining but at the same time it's like, I never want to see him get pushed above top guys like true top guys like you got him Naka Tanahashi Okada and then you got all these guys like Ishii and Shibata and Honma who were like underneath it's like I don't want to see David push with these guys right? I, just don't, I just don't see it either so um, you know he's, I think he's good but I don't I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't say I wouldn't rave about him guilty pleasure guilty pleasure Braun oh, I love me a bit of Braun yeah I love seeing Braun throw some fall around really dangerously it's hilarious yeah I, I love it I'm starting, to, I'm starting <laughs> to come around to Eric Rowan as part of the Bludgeon Brothers killing the jobbers that's uh, fun. I've hardly seen any bloodshed. Oh, they're fun. I might leave. Uh, in terms of Finn's good show, because I kind of assimilate Finn to, or the hype, the Finn hype to the abilities of AJ, and I just don't think he could lace AJ Styles' boots. That's not saying I don't. Th- I don't see why you'd use him as a good-looking young guy to draw the female crowd as a sex symbol, because I think he could draw like that, and that's similar to that they. Um, uh, like Seth Seth's got sexiness that can make that can draw women so I understand that you're giving me some looks here guys but this this is <laughs> business what, sex I, sells yeah but you know what I always strangely enough I always seem to sense that Ambrose has got this kind of weird yeah. thing with the crowd with, with the girls different girls mate different yeah. girls trust me I've, I've done a lot of research into this Ro- Roman for sure does Roman obviously but yeah Seth too it's Kieran's little sexy circus yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't like Ambrose <laughs> how about this yeah, that's not your taste, eh? Um, yeah. Physical show, um, he doesn't offend me. Uh, I see why you'd, why you'd push him. He's not as as good as the rep. So that's a good show. Yeah. Go um, ironically, after Kieran, I'm uh, still not sold on Braun. I, I get it. I do. But uh, I, I just go back to my old Sir lot comment. Is that, like, I was really happy with Harper and Rowan as big guys throwing guy around. And then... Here's our bigger guy, <laughs> and it's like, oh, you, and now they have to rehab the other two into the Bludgeon Brothers, and which I'm also still not quite on board with. But especially, mainly because I'm a big mark for Luke Harper, yeah. and I don't feel like he needs to be in a tag team. It's like you, you can do stuff with this guy. P- please do it. So yeah, Braun, he's fine, but he does look like a, um, he looks like a henchman in a Home Alone movie. He looks like a vill- a comedy villain. He doesn't look like a believable villain. He, he is just too round-faced. In fact, when he gets older, he's going to be a great mall Santa. He is! With a white beard, big, round, big, happy guy. He's got the big portliness. I think he'd be a great that. But I don't... I'm not afraid of Braun. Now, if I was in the same room, that would change. I am. <laughs> Much respect for you, Mr. Strowman. But... I don't. What my it's the reason it's my guilty pleasure because he's booked right most of the time. Yeah, no, no, I, I I don't disagree with that. They're booking him as well as they could, and he's not a bad worker per se. I mean, he does he does the job perfectly well. He doesn't do jobs, but he does he does the job perfectly well. Um, but yeah, it's like oh, I just find him very. Oh, this is their current big big man. Is it okay? Well, it could be worse. It could be Carly. Um, I don't feel like I have a guilty pleasure in WWE because I I Matt Hardy did cross my mind, and I thought, why the fuck would I need to be guilty about that? He's fucking brilliant. This is a promo this week. Was the goldfish? Oh, it's brilliant. It's like I I don't feel I need to be guilty about this because you know what? This is this is a character in the WWE. He's not just a bloke. He's a character. When was the last time you had one of them, Bray? Oh fuck. <laughs> I uh, I suppose guilty pleasure. I do find Drew Gulak quite entertaining at times. Yeah, Drew's a good chat. I like Drew. I like Drew too. You know, it, you know it's not as if he's um, if he's sort of drawn drawn attention too much on TV. He's not really emphasised at any point. But 
I, I get a, a little kick out of the things he does. The PowerPoint. The PowerPoint. I get a little <laughs> kick out. And uh, as much as I hate Enzo, um, oh. when, they, when they were doing the dance of the week, and he really went for it. You know what? This is like. Oh, this is this I sat there and I immediately thought, this is like Rusev in the League of Nations. The League of Nations <laughs> was awful from start to finish, except. I kind of had an appreciation for Rusev really going for it, <laughs> really going for it. I thought, yeah, you know, he's he's putting his all into that. Gordon McLean says, "Most pleasant surprise of the year." My suggestion, person, would be the success of the Velveteen Dream, a gimmick I thought was DOA, and also the biggest fuck up of the year. Uh, surely, Jobber Jinder's Mega Push, which actually was DOA. So, start with the most pleasant surprise of the year, if, if anything can. I guess maybe Braun getting as hot as he did would probably be mine. Is it in terms of a surprise? I mean, Velveteen Dream. I mean, we're, we're saying that based on one match, really. I mean, yeah, the character's been good on TV, but I mean, the, the the real coming out party, if you will, was NXT Takeover. So I wouldn't say that was necessarily. A, I mean, yeah, sure, a contender, I think. But. Um, pleasant surprise. It's very NXT centric, I suppose, but I'm gonna go with uh, with Almas. Ah, yeah. Yes. Who I who I was. Really, not much of a fan of at all when he, when he debuted and it just yeah was as a baby face and then even when he you know, in most instances where you think if they turn him heel that will save him and they turn him heel and again I'm still saying thinking no this doesn't quite still don't get it. this, this don't get it. still just doesn't quite work for me but you know, the addition of um, Zelina Vega thank you very much because I was never going to remember that one <laughs> um, I think he's just sort of rounded out the act and I think I think the way um, the the match with uh, with McIntyre was the very definition of a surprise the fact that he won the belt I wasn't expecting that at all but I think it all worked really well I just feel like something's something's clicked there now mm. the correct answer is, <laughs> <laughs> is that they didn't fuck up Goldberg Lesnar yeah I mean how did anyone see that first Goldberg well that no doesn't, that doesn't count for this year was that sorry was I, that last no, year yeah, that no, started I, last year with Survivor no, Series and when they did it right at that point you knew it was going to be okay yeah, I don't but, think uh, anyone yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't no, when, when was the squash the squash was Survivor Series oh, last I'm year oh I'm sorry my, but, my, my year is no but you know what though I don't, I don't think you're wrong in the sense that they did it right the first time and I think that everybody had that tradition okay yeah, this they, could be great. They, they could screw it. They up. could. I mean, ha- that's probably the longest they've gone with something like that without screwing up for a five long months time. in a row. Yeah, no, yeah. it sounds comical. Yeah. But can you think of anything else that's gone five months that they haven't really bombed up before the ending? And in a scenario where they were both kept off TV. Yeah. Again, they're, they're, they're I in, would say Goldberg lies, was on TV more than I would have expected. Pro- probably, but therein lies the rub. They're not weekly characters, so you know the chances of them fucking it up are reduced. I will say the most pleasant surprise of the year. I will say that because the, the, when the first match happened it was great. I love I love what they but again to tie into this year I love what they did at the Rumble when, when Goldberg eliminated him and Brock had that fucking look on his face like I can't believe that's fucking happened twice. Motherfucker. <laughs> Motherfucker. And then when they actually had the match at Mania which were their life for here and again that played the pe- people were going fucking they're pissing their pants for what was just a five minute match but it was a, it was a great five minutes. That, that was the match that the crowd wanted to see. Of course it was. Of course it was. It, it was, but to go back to the, like the modern wrestling audience, I don't think they were they weren't cognitive in the building cognitive of the, that they were going to be into that like it was. But guess what? You think they're stars because they're protected like stars and they're booked like stars. And when they come together, you treated like t- treated it like proper pro wrestling with two star two guys two individual guys you've got over, and now they're going to fight. 
again. Um, so yeah, that was all great. I dream because again, to my old what well, my pet peeves at the minute, I'm just thinking that most of the business is just going through the motions and just isn't taking chances. Um, I'll, I really, because I hadn't seen any in any of the weekly TV for NXT when I saw that the match of Dream and Black. So he was completely fresh to me and. It's a guy who just watching him work. He's a guy who's thinking when he's working. Mm. Every, you know, he's trying to fight out. He's not just lying in the in a chin lock. He's trying to. He's looking for an escape. And it's little things like that. I really grows my gears. And he's, yeah. it's nice to see guys who are thinking about obviously their work, but also their character, and just thinking about trying to improve as all around rather than just. It's, it's so many people feel like they're coasting or take what they're given, what's given to them, yeah, rather than thinking for themselves. So um, he, yeah, he clicked with me. I, I like that. Guy. I'd also say I'm genuinely surprised that Styles is still in the top flight show, of yeah, his yeah. thing because I wouldn't have guessed that in the mm. last year. I was like, okay, he's had his little thing now. It, they'll probably take him down to that upper mid card level again for a bit. I, I think that is a great show because I was convinced that Jinder was beating him. Mm. I was I was all set for for Jinder to beat him. You know, if if they'll sacrifice Orton, who yeah, okay, Orton's not the the quote unquote guy, star that guy. he was. But he's always been protected within that company. I thought if they'll sacrifice Orton and they'll sacrifice Nakamura, I won't be remotely surprised if they sacrifice Styles as well. If Vince is really committed to this India push, so yeah, the fact that he the fact that he came through that unscathed is nothing short of a minor miracle. But for the biggest fuck up, though, I mean, I'm tempted to go with Nakamura. Oh, who's false that? There's totally there's yes, 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 it's theirs, Luke. Okay, now I'm not saying that. Told you would struggle. Yeah, but it, I think it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not it surprise fuck up. To be fair, I don't. Yeah, but it's not like he's not over enough. No, no, these, people you're, you're care. Right. If, if they put him in a few main events, he's over. They well. people right. that second that second match on pay view with him and Jinder, they people were pissing themselves thinking he was actually going to win the belt. It's like they every week he gets among the loudest reactions on SmackDown. It's like he. Wow. It, it was there. It was yeah. I know. <laughs> oh, the, the lo- you say that in a flippant way, Luke, but his elimination from the Survivor killed match that is, match. Is what turned it. Yeah. Yeah. Killed that match dead. And Actually, no. That's an absolutely fair point. Killed. Killed yeah. the. Killed the match that dead. Was fucking unbelievable. That was. Oh man, I wish you were there on that podcast because I fucking oh, yeah. that, that was the one that we you couldn't make because you were at uh, you were at Wolves at the time. But man, it was just. I couldn't, the book of that match was just absolutely. That, you know what? No, that's it. The biggest fuck up of the year is that match. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm happy that's, to go along with that's that. Fair. That's that match, the Survivor Series main event, Jesus. that was a fucking disaster. So there you go, unanimous vote. <laughs> Philip Burns says, uh, "For me, the bl- the brand split is dead. Too much bouncing people back and forth. Cena Grave Styles, and the shows are presented pretty much exactly the same. You have any? Do you guys have any hopes the brand split will or is going to become good? Or if you think it's done, what's next?" I have absolutely no belief that the brand split will come good. Hence, when we previously talked about it, we were all just—I don't want to say we were—we were sort of meeting it with trepidation because that almost suggests that we felt that there was some a, a way in which we could be pleasantly surprised in I, the long run. And at no point did I ever think it would be anything than what it has become. I describe it as pretent- pretentious knowing. Okay, we were pretentious about our disregard of the brand extension. We, we, we knew what we were on about. Yeah, so we were we were kind of prickish about it, but we were accurate. <laughs> we we did we did do a show when the word came out saying how would we do this, and one, one <laughs> of the yeah, yeah we wouldn't. And one of the early things that was mentioned was every move that it looks like they're going to make so far 
is doing the exact same thing that they did the first time. Two yeah. world champions, doubling the belt, splitting the shows out, watering down everything. Well, we're with Smackdown ultimately becoming the B show yes everything they've done before but doing it again bodes well for the football league by the way <laughs> also he asks what do you think about Jericho and Omega um I'm looking forward to it I'm I think curiosity is the best word, best word I can use to describe it because I'm you know will Jericho sort of mesh with that style is, you know will, will he sort of take to it naturally I mean it's Chris Jericho and he's normally pretty damn good so you you would think he would but I, I don't want to sort of take it for granted that you know the style that Omega wrestles he will naturally mesh with I find it interesting that they've announced this week that it's a no DQ match which yeah. mm. makes me wonder about a lot of smoke and mirrors but uh, I'm curious and looking forward to it I will say um Got to, about, got to talk about the angle since last week. Oh, the angle was absolutely fantastic. Fucking hell! But it, even, Chris Jericho. But it, even so, I do want to stress, despite what the sort of the the publicity it's got in some quarters, I'm still f- looking forward to Okada Naito far more than I am Jericho Omega. Yeah, yeah, me too. I just think I think that Jericho in that press conference after the angle. Oh, I, 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 I like I like a press conference more than I like the, the angle me with too. the belt. Me too. And you know, just the, the the exclamation mark of throwing the table at him. <laughs> that was the tremendous. Table, and then afterwards, just throwing the paddy, the, the fucking the paddy afterwards, and what you know, that the one guy like, goes, "What are you laughing at, fuckface?" <laughs> <laughs> the reporter in the crowd. Oh, it's brilliant. Is yeah. this fuck? Oh man, he's what is? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen this yet, obviously. Um, yeah, I say I haven't seen like, the the angle yet. Um, I am lucky. I'm intrigued by it. Um, I'm not looking forward. To like the match itself, per se, because I just don't think Jericho has been sixty percent speed for about two years. If so, yeah, it's it's one of those just to, just to sort of go with your your point there, Kieran. I I'm I'm optimistic for it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm sort of I'm reluct I'm reluctant to make the assumption that it's going to be a slam dunk in the way that some people seem to be. I'm not. You know, I wouldn't be completely shocked if it just didn't quite click. It's a match I don't think it will, to be honest. McGut says it will probably, a lot of people will probably be disappointed. Not that it'll be a bad match necessarily, and I'm sure fundamentally and structurally and psychologically it'll be alright, but um, I think probably people's expectations of what Omega's done recently mm. and, 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 and the Jericho's earned reputation of abuse over the years, but I just don't think he can go. At that expected level, what's expected? They might have a really good match, but I think a lot of people will still be feeling a bit disappointed. I think you'll come out of it. People probably thinking Omega should have had another match. Hmm. I tend to think, though. I mean, with Jericho, certainly over the last few years, even though you kind of know the destination ain't going to be all that great, you're sure as hell going to enjoy the ride. Oh yeah, not um, it was all that with uh, with Steen with. Um, Owens um, and that whole few thing, which was thoroughly entertaining, but. I knew the match at the end of it wasn't going to blow me away, and it didn't, but it was great, that whole friendship. It's the same here. I'm fucking loving these bits. This is... Uh, it's, it's the first bit of news. Uh, the, obviously, the night after the original video aired, um, the first bit of news to really make me stop on a wrestling site, on the Observer, just say, okay, that's an interesting picture. What the fuck is going on there? And that's the first thing that's made me do that in... God knows how long. And it's lived up to that. Now, I don't think the match can live up to the prior stuff but hey 
we enjoy what we get these days because we're so used to be fucking up the end product that uh, that we can be more hopeful for other companies. I feel. Yeah, yeah and I, in terms of character, absolutely. I mean, obviously the Jericho and stuff was wildly. I think I've still got that as my fucking background on Facebook. Not that I've been on Facebook for two years, but that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I haven't seen the angle yet, but just in terms of the matches, so I think the match will depends how much of a human sacrifice Meg wants to hold him up for. Possibly, maybe. Yeah, but. Uh, Nah, it's, I think it's an awkward fit. Oh, an awkward fit from just yeah, in terms of awkward fit in terms of expectations and what probably Jericho can physically do these days, even with smoke and mirrors, which they're going to use all of them. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see. we'll see. That's a good thing. I mean, yeah, you, just... you look at the rest of the card that I've seen. It's like, well, you got space for a smoke and mirrors match. Yeah, Go for, for it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Nick Davis says, "Boys, Merry Christmas." And I guess on this similar subject, can you see Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho working in Impact Wrestling during 2018? Given their links to the new regime, of course, this being that Don Callis is now an ex- who who worked for New Japan and brokered this whole thing with Jericho and Omega is now pretty much running TNA. No, no, no. I can't. I really can't. No, not Jericho. No. It'd take a lot of money, I think, for that to happen. Yeah. Probably money they don't have. Yeah. Jericho's not going to do... Oh, much. I don't even think Jericho's money, um, financially motivated at this stage. I don't think you could offer him any amount to go to Impact. Nah, I'd agree with that. And I, don't, I also don't think Omega's that stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, no, he's not. Omega yeah. has proven himself business-wise to be a smart guy. Yeah. I really I would say, on that regard, it probably depends whether he wants to get signed by the E or not. Because if he does, then do the match. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Longstaff says you get to book one wrestler's road to Mania who do you choose how do you get there and what is their match at Wrestlemania other than Lesnar and Reigns it seems like a pretty open slag I guess Braun and Triple H is booked yeah yeah in terms of favourite podcast moments this year by the way everyone's reaction to the news of Cena and Nikki versus Miz and Maurice that was great when I broke that to everybody on the podcast that's hysterical <laughs> Oh God, was that this year? It feels like so long ago. I know, I know. It feels like an eternity ago, doesn't it? I'd go for uh, Sasha Banks versus Selena Vega, Kieran Apollo match. <laughs> Rules to be decided. <laughs> the road, who cares? <laughs> the road's going to be bumpy. <laughs> uh, this is <laughs> It's a tough one because there's not a lot... I mean, the, the match that... Like, what you got on SmackDown? And the, this is the problem with res, modern WrestleManias. You know that they care about two matches and everyone else is mix and match and who cares? Nakamura and AJ? Nakamura and AJ's the only one. I'm going with what I'll view as the redemption of Nakamura to build to him and AJ, not at this year's Mania, not not at there, not at, uh, not at Mania next year, but the year after. Really? That far away? I feel Nakamura has a lot of redemption to go through. <laughs> The long road to redemption. I honestly, I, like that. I, I, don't, I don't, I don't view that as a slight on him either. I, just so we're clear, I think, no, you're on my side now. I think, <laughs> no. I think Nakamura's got a chance of winning the Rumble. Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I think it will probably happen this year, but I would rather give it a better build. I actually, but before, I, before things kind of turned the way they did, I was kind of hoping if the Usos, because I love I, the Usos are great. I don't care what anybody says. The Usos on SmackDown. Oh yeah, I love them, man. Characters, and it's a shame they've turned babyface because I really wanted them to kind of have them as heels with their great attitude, getting kind of a bit more promotion on the show, and then have AJ and Nakamura work with them for a couple of months and win the tag titles. And then obviously you can do the thing where they are 
you know, their, their tag team partners, but obviously AJ's the world champion, and Nakamura can win the Rumble, and you kind of got a natural time to... It's not going to be built up as anything other than a, like a, a babyface match anyway. So you may as well do that thing. And then, of course, you've got Owens and Zayn right there to beat them for the belts anyway, right before Mania. So they, then they can go on and do something there, because neither of them are going to be in a major singles match. I can't imagine at Mania this year. Because what are they going to do? They've, they've already peaked the Shane thing with a Hell in a Cell. Everything from this point feels like less... So I would have, I would have gone that route. I'd consider this. Uh, it's not going to happen, but uh, Daniel Bryan leaves in September. Do, does crazy sh- shit on the Indies through uh, December. Comes back, finally wins the Rumble, which You're is really what people have Hey, I'm, I, no, I'm just I'm just saying till Mania. I mean, he, he wins the Rumble, then goes on to fight whichever either Styles or Nakamura, whoever isn't injured. Because let's face it, somebody's fucking going to get injured before the Rumble. Spoiler, r- messing up. So um, Ambrose is injured now. I'd, I'd maybe like to try and position Joe there. Ooh, as well if I could. Joe Styles at Mania. That could be good. I think that I can see Joe moving to SmackDown after WrestleMania. I'm not sure what else he's got on Raw. After after, after the Reigns feud's done, I'm not anything. No, new. And, and with a with a, a greater emphasis on Triple H going into Mania, that's going to suck up a lot of oxygen, yeah, and time, and my patience. Um, yeah, it's probably probably a sensible move. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Q, a WrestleMania match, and, and what? Oh, oh, is, you, is that your actual nomination, Sasha and, uh, and uh, Zelina? Uh, That's it. That's no, the one. Uh, no, I said fucking AJ and Naka. Oh, you're going for AJ and Naka? I said that first. I got in there. I shoved that in there. All right, lovely. All right, lovely. Last one. Joe Ankovic uh, says, "If you could change just one thing that happened in WWE this year, what would you pick, and how would you have made the whole year better?" Jinder Mahal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jinder Mahal. It's, it's, it's as straightforward as that for me. So how how if without Jinder, what happens with the whole? It doesn't anything else. No, no, Jinder is that terrible that it doesn't matter what replaces it. I can't tell you how loud I laughed when I read that Triple H beat in India. <laughs> Are we with that with that with the photo of of him shaking Triple H's hand and doing the bow? Yeah. Yeah. My lord and master. Yeah. I'm a little nervous about the long-term implications as well now. Because, oh yeah, we, we've already taken a guy and tried to push him behind. It didn't work. Well, we're not going to do that again for another decade. Mm. Yeah. yeah, you picked the right guy there, guys. Great job. Yeah, I, I, I just thought... This, I, think it, I think it fucked SmackDown this year. The whole vibe of the show, the whole hierarchy of what people were... You know, the, of the angles, everything just was so disjointed because of it. They sacrificed Nakamura, which just infuriated me because one guy's over and one guy's not. Yeah, uh, wait, 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 sorry. Wait, uh, <laughs> with um, just sort of almost salt in the wounds as well with the um, sort of quasi-racist promos from oh, Jinder. Yeah. Bemo- you always bemo- rock bem- the same. Bemoaning the American fans and their ignorance and the way he treats them. But watch me. Well, that's the irony. <laughs> that's 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 why he's a heel. That's why you're supposed to hate him because he's guilty of what he's accusing everyone else. He's a hypocrite. He's also not very good, not very over. But that's besides the point. <laughs> The Singh brothers are more over than he is. Let's not get carried away, Carl. None of them are over. None of them are over worth a lick. That's the biggest mistake. In terms of what I would have done differently, why did Handsome Rusev not get this push? Handsome Rusev is fantastic. Mm. See, they really dicked SmackDown in the Superstar Shake-Up this year because they moved everybody over and they didn't bring any... The only reason that they had to push Jinder, although they wanted to get the... um, the, the 1.9 billion people obviously hey, don't, don't knock it if it works man it, it did work right? yeah I haven't checked the numbers no it's yeah. actually only 9,000 yeah. people it was, it to that it was, oh, it was so popular mm-hmm. the push it worked to such an extent 
that it was just too popular for two shows. Oh, so they had to do it. one super show. They literally jammed they so up the doorway to... and yeah. couldn't get people in. Yeah. So they physically jammed. Oh. Was that good? Uh, wow. I mean, you, you touched on an interesting one there, Liam. Despite what I said on the very first SCG Radio podcast, I've been on the Rusev bandwagon for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> Rusev is great. The Superstar Shake just took everyone away from, from SmackDown and didn't replace them with a good heel when they turned AJ. And it's like, pff, you're going to bring Nakamura in and you've got AJ there as a babyface and you've got no heels. Corbin is the yeah. only guy that's there. But he, even... Ziggler the, the, was, you know... The notion of, of the shake, of just announcing a shake-up, you know, without rhyme or reason, just doesn't help either. No, I mean, it, obviously, ultimately, it's the execution that matters. But for me, little detail, little details of that matter. Just, oh, Vince just decides there's going to be a shake-up. Oh, okay, well, why? You know, there's there's no explanation behind anything. So I just yeah. it immediately doesn't grab my interest. And then if it doesn't grab my interest, and then you go and do that, you just compound the issue for me. Mm. So yeah, I, th- I think it's a unanimous one. Jinder yeah, is the biggest. Yeah, no, that's a good call. And how would you have made the whole year better? I guess is the follow-up of that being a. Uh, I. I wouldn't have put. Uh, or, see, the belt was fucked on SmackDown when they gave it to Wharton anyway, because they that that whole feud with Wyatt really knobbed the title, especially when AJ was so hot. And then I think I've forgotten about most of that. Oh, how... the move from AJ to Cena, Cena to Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was the champion. And now he's the the butt of Matt Hardy's jokes. I, I was going to say, for Cena's title win to be so inconsequential, and I know it seems a bit daft to say that in an era of two world titles again and you know, not very long-lasting title reigns as a, as a general rule of thumb for years and years now. But the fact that he ties the record, you know, yes, it's a worked record, but you know, they release T-shirts about these sort of things. They normally try and put some emphasis on these sort of things and at least try and make some hay out of it. But no, he wins it and then he loses it two weeks later. I did think the... Yeah, 16 felt like... They didn't want to make a big deal because we make a big deal, that live credit's probably going to shit over it. But we need to do it. 17 is going to be the celebration. 16, let's get it out of the way. Make it functional. Let's make it part of something, get it out of the way so it's there. And then when you, we make the big deal about the 17, because that's the big deal. Um, I, I, I don't think the 17 is going to happen. It will. Not now. That was just my thought process at the time. Uh, I reckon so. it will. I reckon it will. They'll make. They'll make a. In fact, maybe that's, wrestle, that's your next WrestleMania. Your next WrestleMania main event will be seen going for seventeen. <laughs> Flash well, and, again. Yeah. <laughs> and you can tease that. I mean, the, the seventeen is a. They haven't got the streak. They haven't got this thing. Mm. They can tease that seventeen over a period of several shows. There's a lot you can do with that. Yeah. Potentially. The comeback story after this yeah. point. Yeah. But there's a lot they could do with it. Yeah. So uh, I think that pretty much answers that one. So that kind of wraps us up for time. And we are unfortunately out of it. But before we uh, wrap up, finally, prognostications for 2018. Any kind of wild prediction you would like to make uh, so that you can sound intelligent in a few months' time? Dana Brooke wins the Women's Royal Rumble. (laughs) Mark it down, people. Um, I'll say Cena gets a shot at 17 but doesn't win it this year. Mm. No, no, seventeen. I'd hold off. No, just only because I'm, I was still thought on thinking about Luke talking about that uh, thingy. I that, hold on. <laughs> did you uh, in, uh, my, in no, my in my right. in, in my head that was the conversation. <laughs> um, just yes, I wouldn't. 
because I like the idea. I'm just thinking of it. It's got to be special. Yeah. Seventeen's got to be special. So he, first, yeah, but it's WrestleMania in like two years' time. He can't. He, he's got to have like two shots at it, and he can't. He's got to fail. He's got to fail and fail and fail, and finally, so it means something. If you just do it, that 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 comes naturally to this company with baby faces. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm gonna pick three guys. Let's say Dolph Ziggler. Nakamura, Sami Zayn, no longer with WWE by the end of next year. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. I might get one in three. It's yeah, you know what? That's, that's good. Who's not going to be in the company next year? That's, that, not that I'm wishing on employment on people, but you know. Vince McMahon. Oh. There you go, I'm saying that. Devoting all his time yes. to the new football league. This, this, Leaving this, Paul in charge. His remaining time. Yeah, this is the plan. Alpha, <laughs> Alpha Productions. That's how I took it when yeah. you said it. <laughs> it could be. Um, it, it, that may, may very male oh, la, 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 that might be true because sounds like a threat to me yeah because um, I, I, I assume the reason he's gone with Alpha Productions whatever it's called is he's, he thinks he can fill the gap um, created by the death of Hugh Hefner I think Vince McMahon it all makes sense yep yep wait Kieran is this one of your um, your little your little corner things are we, we the conspiracy corner are we putting KKK. together one of his little KKKs here no um, or is this frankly too blindingly obvious? But blindly obvious. Oh, okay. He's going to replace Hugh Hefner with his new standalone company so Paul can get him out of the way and he'll lose his own mind and probably fuck himself to death. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be dead <laughs> with like a big you bag know, of You know the point of this, Kieran, is he's supposed to do something far-fetched. I mean, yeah. <laughs> See, I wondered if maybe he's he's sort of pushed out the door because he gets Weinsteined. Ooh. We, Holy shit, no. that seems too obvious. People have heard the... I've heard the alleged story about Vince in the limo back in the day mm-hmm. during wrestling's ring of voice. It occurred to me why oh, that's interesting actually. Some kind of big scandal. Some, no, they know it's coming, and that's why they want him with his own company so that the E doesn't get hurt. But it will do. And and and, and, if, and if the football league fails, it's not because he failed at it. It was outside forces that brought the league down. Yes. Yeah. And this will then tie into my five years of the business on his ass. Uh, theory it's all for it will start with Vince's sex scandal beautiful I'm going to go for something even even more outrageous Uh, more so than Dana Brooke winning the Rumble (laughs) you laugh now the men's Rumble (laughs) (laughs) you won't be laughing when you're watching that Rumble yeah I agree with that (laughs) tears not not necessarily tears of joy either um I know the possibility that Rusev is not with the company in a year's time I think so I I I I just I can see a Scenario where the company finally give up on on Lana, release her, and Rusev goes all Chris Candido and quits. <laughs> goes Jerry Lawler. Not that you want to wish that on anyone, if you know what I mean. But you know, yeah, going Chris Candido has um, negative conversations. Yeah, it's, you, so <laughs> you, 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 you no, quit no, the company. So does going Jerry Lawler. Jesus Christ! Yeah. In, in the context of you know, the male's life is so wrapped up in the female. No, that, that's, that's where I use the Candido analogy. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That's a, that's a, that's a rough one. That's an interesting I like one. That one. That's a good show. Ooh, dangerous, dangerous. I, I do like. I do. I do like the. Um, Christ. <laughs> the is uh, he coming back to tag team with Sean? He's the one guy they've brought back yet. Yeah. I wonder, that's the dream match. <laughs> he's going to judge to Vince versus God at Mania. <laughs> the rematch we've all been waiting <laughs> for, folks. I reckon Take is wrestling again. I can see that. Um. Yeah, <laughs> we're all thrilled about it. I know. Um, I think I'd rather see Cena and Nikki Bella again. Actually, no, it's not. Let's not say things we can't uh, take back. <laughs> that's the handicap match at Mania. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, he's man. gonna cut something in later. If the quality of this audio changes, yeah, first, you're right. that you're son wrong. of a bitch had 24 more hours to think about it. I honestly can't think of a single thing that I want in Prognoski. Now, nothing that's gonna top Vincent Man getting Weinsteined anyway. <laughs> and the ex, you know. No, I, to be honest, I'm inside his mind. I, I'll let, you know, the, the, the more this whole, I think about this football thing, I really do think that it's gonna, that is gonna be Vince out the door. I think that's a really interesting. I think that's actually there's a very good chance that's going to happen because I don't see the benefit. I don't see the point. Why would you even go through the effort to set up the company unless there was a a some kind of desire to move into something else that's going to take time? I don't think he's going to do. I don't think he's going to. He's going to want to do both. Maybe he. I mean, he's. he's, he's he I, I, do I, anymore? He's so, oh, he micro back He's like he's like there every show. He's, like, oh, he's, he's, he's still the micromanager he's always been, but there does come a point, you know. The age does have to catch up with him. That's what I'm saying. Can he? Is he physically capable of? I don't want to sound ages, but is he physically capable of devoting so much time to both? Hogan will be back. Oh God, oh. Hogan will no, be back. You're, you're playing, right. Playing quarterback in the XFL. <laughs> there you go. Oh no, he's part of the commentary team, and you would have to sit through that. Oh, that'd be great, actually. <laughs> I will say, I hope this comes across <laughs> all these million dollars. <laughs> Wow. I hope this really does come across to the listeners, though, because I really do feel the four of us sitting around this table, our view on what is happening with Vince and what is happening next year in general has changed so much since we sat down at this table. Thanks, yeah, thanks to these questions and the ideas they've brought up. We haven't prepped anything, that's why. I know, but it's like, my view on next year is like, okay, well, I'm kind of fascinated in a car wrecky kind of way now, whereas it, before it was complete apathy. Next year could be really interesting now. Ooh. Yeah. 2016 was a very fascinating year. 2017 has kind of been a bit of a, you know, there's been a lot of great wrestling matches going on all over the world in various points, don't get me wrong. But I think in terms of, of real big news breaking, there's been some, don't get me wrong. But I think, yeah, next year, especially with the moves that, that, that look like they're happening with Vince, this is, this is going to be an interesting one to track. And uh, we'll be covering it for you in much more uh, regularity than we have been this year, that's for sure. So uh, with that said, I want to thank all of you loyal listeners for your patience. I want to thank you all for your questions. If you haven't got to yours this time, we apologize. We are unfortunately out of time. But I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and uh, we will be back with you in 2018 on Squared Circle Gazette Radio. So, for Carl Jones's ass. Well, that will certainly have a Merry Christmas, but I hope all the listeners have a Happy New Year as well. For Cuban and Rock's hat. It's By the way, I've been thinking about resurrecting the Kieran and Kieran show. Um, <laughs> we're going to call it Kieran and Kieran, Kieran and Carl show, because I like the letters. And uh, yeah, for a football podcast, let me know what you think, guys. I haven't run this by Carl yet, but I want to do it because I think it's hilarious. And for Luke Edwards' presence. See you in 2022, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Liam O'Rourke, and we're out of here. See you next year. Bye.